Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Gourmet. This week's guests are DC Hamilton and Brina Kelly. Uh, they co-produce films together. DC directs them. Brina writes and acts in them. And our friend Josh Harrison shoots them. They've done two so far, and they, uh, they're they working on another one. So it was uh, really cool to talk to them. And I have to thank Josh for facilitating it all. He suggested it. Then he set it up. And he even swung by. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Josh. Uh, also, thank you to Tiffin Steadicam for their support of the show. They make so many of the products that a lot of us use, including the SteadyMate S, which is available for pre-order right now and should deliver towards the end of August. Uh, so if you have one on order or you're thinking about ordering one, you'll be able to get it pretty soon. All right, uh, my Patreon. Check out my Patreon, become a member, subscriber, whatever you want to call it, patron. Um, it, it just helps me pay for the show, and uh, which I'm not quite doing yet, but, um, you know, working on it. Um, and you get a bonus segment called Best Day, Worst Day, where my guests talk about their best day in the business and their worst day in the business. And I think it's kind of cool. I think people like it. So check it out. Uh, this week, there isn't a Best Day, Worst Day. Uh, because it was a weird podcast for me having interviewing two people at once. And, um, and so I just got caught up with all that stuff and buying some new gear and this and that. And, and I forgot to do it. So sorry about that. But there, there are a lot there already and there will be more coming. Thank you to Walter Clausen FX for their support. They have a new website coming out at the end of August. It's walterclausen.com. And they're going to have photos and videos of their products in use, I think, um, with the slingshot and the flex vest and maybe others. I'm not sure. Don't know all the details, but it sounds cool. I'm going to check it out. I think you should, too. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's the number one giant robot. I post new episodes there and photos from set and, you know, some other interesting things, hopefully. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me through email, it's walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get to the interview. Enjoy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, it's it's my pleasure. And I I didn't know if you guys would remember me because I worked on, on of your course. film. Actually, I looked up the podcast when Josh mentioned it. And as soon as I saw your picture, ah. I remembered you. I think I made some contact with you, like, you know, because you were right behind the camera and I was... Oh, yeah, we talked right a little bit, but it's it, been yeah. a few years. And you no, got, I recognize you know. the eyes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. I've never had that one before. That's yes, very... definitely. Well, maybe it's just because you were intently staring at me behind a camera. Right. And I was looking back. I think what was going on was I was doing that thing that a lot of actors do, whereas I was checking my hair in the lens of the camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, while you were resting. So I'm sure we made some eye contact then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. That's funny. <laughs> I, I was going to say it's because of the blackness, the deep blackness in my eyes. Yes, that too. Definitely evil. that too. <laughs> No, um, so since then, actually, you that film was called Midnight Man, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and um, you've sold it. Uh, yes, that yes. was a while ago, right? Yes, we should have brought Correct. you a copy of the DVD. Um, that has been in wide release since 2016. Mm -hmm. Oh, has it been that long? Yes, yeah. it Holy has been cow. five years. We shot that in 2014. 2014. Yeah. Six it's years. In a minute. Five years? Wow. Six, five I years. can't count. Five <laughs> years. By the way, I was wanted to uh, just 
some ground rules here. What is the MPAI rating of this podcast? How salty are we allowed to get? As salty as you want. Oh, good. <laughs> it's just ra- wanted to, I just wanted to make sure in the beginning. I wouldn't say it's a hard R, but you know, okay. uh, any 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 common commonly used words are fine. Wonderful. <laughs> Not yeah. that I intend to use them, of course. I just wanted to. No, no, have it's the a, guidelines. It's a, it's a decent question. You, you, you don't want to say the wrong thing. It's understandable. Can um, you hear both of us? Yeah, I hear you okay. fine. Do Perfect. you hear okay? Perfect, yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right. I can turn some knobs and stuff. And You hearing okay, too? Perfect. Okay. All right, good. Um, no, I was going to tell you what I remember um, the most about your film. This, this will sound kind of bad, but I remember working on it. And I remember some of the work we did. But the biggest thing that happened to me was on, I think, my second day coming in, a lady hit me and totaled my car. You're we kidding. did not know that. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, yeah, I had yeah, no yeah. idea. I, oh my gosh. Josh and I, uh, Josh didn't even remember that. I, I, I got hit. I was on La Cienega. You know where you can turn off to um, Venice? Yeah. And you know how going south on La Cienega curves around? And I think we were maybe shooting in Westchester or something. Right. Yes. And a lady tried to make a, she did make a right turn onto like La Cienega Place, I think it's called, from the middle lane. And I was in the right lane. <laughs> Anyway, totaled me. The oh. curb is like this high at that point, so my my car didn't even like go over the curb; it just smashed right into it. Oh my god! And you showed up and to you work. Showed up to work that day in that car. Oh. I didn't know how badly it was damaged yet, but I was like, I don't know. That's testament to minutes your late or something. to your work ethics. Yeah. Yeah, we well, had no idea that you were late none. because we were always running late on that show, so you were right on time. <laughs> <laughs> Josh didn't remember. I, what I remember is. That you hadn't done the first shot when I got there, right. and I came in, and Josh had been setting it up, and then mm-hmm. I just came in and took over. But uh, it, yeah, it was um, that was that was a funny funny day. What was what? How did it play out? Yeah. What happened? Um, well, luckily the lady was a little older. She was a little confused. Oh, she thought there were only two lanes there. Oh, you know, in the morning and in the evening, it's three lanes on Los Angeles, yeah. and um, she got a little confused, and she. I, she didn't know where I came from. She thought I came off the sidewalk. And I showed her the marks on the curb and all this stuff. And she's like, oh. Because a lot of people in L.A., they just lie. Yeah. I've had it, I've had a couple of accidents here, unfortunately. And they've all lied except for this lady and tried to say that something else happened. Of course. Oh, no. They blame you imme- yeah. immediately. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Blame game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I T-boned a guy again on La Cienega. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, he just pulled right out in front of me. I, c- I couldn't stop. And he tried to say that I, what did he say? That I turned into him in, in traffic or something? And it was laughable. But anyway. What's um, funny about that is the, the cops can always just look at the tire marks on the ground. They can tell exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah but the except problem cops is, don't come unless you're I was going to say, they injured. don't show up That's in LA. True. That's They're, true. You, even if you call 911, they ask you, is anyone injured? And yeah. if you say no, they say, then they're like, deal anyone. with then it yourself. Figure it out on yeah. Your own. yeah. I will say this I actually witnessed, um, this was about 10 years back on Overland. Some guy, I don't know who that is, but I'm calling you out right here because <laughs> I saw him smash into a parked car severely damaged his car and more severely damaged that parked car oh no got out of the car looked at it looked around there were tons of people around including me made eye contact with a couple people i could tell like you know the gears in his head was turning and then he just got right back in his car and drove away oh what a dick i know that was me 
<laughs> is that how you guys met? <laughs> no, it took a few more years. And I years. followed him, and now we're married, or <laughs> now we're friends. <laughs> no, uh, that's like a that's like an episode from Seinfeld. <laughs> Remember yeah. when he when he follows the girl that's who hit the yes. car? Yes. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Seinfeld, then sign on your refrigerator is that a Seinfeld? Oh yeah, the, uh, the ass man the, reference. Uh, the yeah. ass man reference is that a Seinfeld? I just wanted to. I didn't want to say it in case it wasn't. Oh yeah. No, uh, my my friend my friend the, Amy gave that to me. Um, oh, did Wonderful. you see the photo of me and Charlie on the fridge? By the way, no. there's a magnet on the fridge. My no. other friend made me. <laughs> I gotta go you. take a look. I'll show you after because you already expressed interest in uh, in Charlie's good looks. Oh, she's a gorgeous, gorgeous baby. <clears throat> look at yeah. that girl. See, once we sit down and start chatting, she she gets a uh, she comes right. out and visits. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was my traumatic experience Oof. during your film. Wow. But you sold it. That's that's so awesome. Where did where did you yeah, sell it? Yeah, it was to? Uh, it was picked up by Cinedime. And they, uh, we had a DVD, they did DVD and digital release March 1st, 2016, I think. Crazy. Yeah. Seemed like cool. a long time Seems ago. Seems like forever ago. We also yeah. sold it internationally. It's it did, also yeah. in, in Europe and Asia and South America and the Middle East. I can kind of track. So you're rich now, right? No. No, not by a long <laughs> shot. That's not how indie film works. However, it's interesting. I can kind of track um, where in the world the film opened next and played next by like every time it plays at a country I would get like a handful never too many but always a handful of like guys follow me on Instagram from that country oh okay and if it's like you know I was like, oh, we're opening in Turkey this uh, this week, I see. Oh, because you get the Turkish in, followers. Because I got the Turkish Yeah, we're in Korea today. Or, you know, oh, Brazil. You know, that's, that's interesting. So that that's how I track it. That's about the amount of attention I that's give to funny. it now. But. Well, I'm sure once you look at the original release schedule, you never look at it again, right? No. And it's like we don't remember. You don't you don't keep track. You know, right. other stuff like, you know, new films come up and then that's just something that you did. Totally. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because my, my friend Susan, who I, I think I was mentioning before we started, um, who was on the podcast, she, uh, she had a film released maybe... I don't know, twenty six let's call it twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. It had a small theatrical release and whatever. <clears throat> and then it sold to Netflix and blah blah blah, whatever. Wow. And then she made another film. And then I think after the premiere of the other film, which was a net Netflix movie, um uh she went to Japan for the premiere of the first film. Oh, oh right, yeah, that so, could happen. Yeah, that's really strange. They, how that they bought it and like held that. it for like two years. That's on purpose. Really strange. Yeah, so she had like a big premiere party. They flew her over for like a week. She had a premiere oh, for it and nice. the, the whole thing and did all this press for it. That's, you got to be like your head is you're, you're in a different headspace. That's like and then you got to go back. And yeah, it's like, like oh, oh, yeah, you shot well, that here's, four years ago. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're doing press for it, you're right. like, I don't remember anything. Yeah. Right. What do we do? <laughs> Right. That's that's kind of how I'm feeling right now, talking about the Midnight Man, because <laughs> the only thing I, I I only remember asinine things about the Midnight Man at this point. <laughs> like you what? know, I mean, I remember like I'm too old to know anything about social media. I don't know how it works, and it stresses me out. And uh. at the time, I was really proud of the fact that I was not on Twitter, uh-huh. except like, but the lead guy whom I was working opposite the lead actor um, was obsessed with Twitter so Mm -hmm. one like during one of these days we like you know about two weeks into the shoot uh, we were shooting near a pool and um, 
I was in a bikini and he snaps a photo of me and he shows it to me. You know, he wasn't that creepy about it. <laughs> he just showed me and and he was all like, oh, do you mind if I put this on Twitter? He's British, by the way. Gotcha. Yeah. So it makes it, I guess, a little less creepy. It's classier. Exactly. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the accent always throws it off. And I said, oh, please don't do that. I'm not on Twitter. You know, he was asking me, like, what my handle was. I right, didn't even know what that meant. Or whatever, right. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I'm not on Twitter. And he goes, well, your ass is now. So, and, and posts it. <laughs> really? So, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, come on. So I had to, like, you for start some now. reason, I got to start then. Yeah. yeah, just to, I don't know, keep an eye on it. Because if he was going to do that, then I wanted to know i guess so that that's how i got on twitter really that's why you yeah. opened it and twitter then like account? five funny. years later and like a whopping 200 followers later i have Barely to be on yeah but no but see that's the problem is that it's such a trap once you're on twitter then you start meeting other people and i'm never on i never tweet i have i'm not a twatter or whatever the hell it's called i don't think it's that <laughs> but then other professional people start looking up your twitter and then following you then you're obligated to follow back and not only that but then you're obligated to like keep up with their tweets because some people are very diligent about tweeting and they kind of take it personally if you just never respond if or never like acknowledge if you never like they like want it. The, they yeah. want the likes exactly so now i'm trapped into right. in, in like there's a horrible cycle of i have to go on twitter twice a week like i've set an alarm to do that just to like a few things just to make an appearance i guess to keep up this you know what you can do is is put a couple of people if there are certain people that you want to keep up mm -hmm. with you can turn notifications on and oh, it will text I know you people who mm -hmm. like tweet uh, too much six times a day and that oh, would be yeah, you so don't want annoying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's always someone that you know is a professional contact and you want to it's not you know i don't care if i mean i do but like if my dumbass friend from college tweets something <laughs> it's okay i can ignore that nobody gets hurt but yeah but you can turn notifications on per person yeah so oh, if yes. it was only one oh. or two people, you can turn them on for those people or whatever. Yeah. I don't. I don't mean to the sit here. The face you're making and, and, seems like and, and, no. I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, do I don't want to bitch. Like I now, I have to go figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sit here and bitch about social media. But I'm a writer, and if I can write with a typewriter, I would. Is, is the thing like the the whole technology? Well, I grew up wait, analog. Why can't you? Um, because I don't know how to use a typewriter either. Why not? Because I mean? missed the boat too, on the typewriter. No, I missed a boat on the typewriter. I was too young when typewriters were a thing, and then too yeah, but, old when, like, okay, you know, but, Final Draft Seven came out. But you know how to type. Yes, I do. But I don't know how. There's this weird thing. You know how typewriters, like, you, you can't make a mistake because it's impermanent ink. Yes. And then you, the way to fix a mistake on a typewriter is very interesting. Have you ever seen like one of those old timey secretaries like fix a mistake on a typewriter? There's a thing where like if you knock it back a few times, it kind of takes the word away, but not really. It's weird. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. they also have ones that have a essentially an auto whiteout oh, function on them. Is that them. right? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I mean, it's already, not like they're making them. These were new 20 right. years ago, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've already signed up. I, I'm. I'm already. I've. Look, my, I, I took typing in high school. I did too. Oh, I you did. did? Too, you're not. Yeah. That, you're not. Oh, well, anyway. I, did too. I don't think you're old enough for that. Well, I didn't um, think. I have this condition that makes me look a lot younger than I actually oh, okay. am. Right. It's called Asian. <laughs> It's working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get that a lot, and it's starting to get to the point where, um, like, 
as a writer, you really want to, to seem like you know what you're talking about, and it's just always an uphill battle for me. But but um, yes, I definitely took typing. What, what's an what's an uphill battle? Knowing what you're talking about or pretending you know what? Like, no, uh, <laughs> knowing what you're talking about. I would like to think knowing that what I'm talking about, but perpetually looking like you you know, I don't know, or a couple years out of college. Is that the way you feel, really? No, I don't feel that way, but sometimes I'm made to feel that way because a lot of people, you know, they look at me and they think, well, you can't possibly really know what you're talking about because how old are you, you know? And then uh, oh. to which I was like, well, you know, if you knew how old I was then. Right. Maybe it would take put you a little bit more at ease. I don't have that problem. People look at me and go, Jesus, <laughs> guy's seen a lot. <laughs> look at his eyes. He's seen things. Uh, they're black. <laughs> they're pitch black. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you you wrote Midnight Man. Yes. You directed Midnight Man. By the way, do you go by David or do you go by DC? or what? DC. By the yeah, way, okay. what does the C stand for? I don't even know. That was, that was the next question. Thank you for asking for me. <laughs> Sorry, it just popped into my head. No. That is, uh, by the way, this liquor that we have been, uh, we have been supplied with is... Um, is it working? Yeah, I'm really feeling it. <laughs> well, I got it straight from the uh, Dominican Republic, so yeah, it should sh- be good. Shout out to White Claw Hard Seltzer. Anyway. <laughs> can, we, can we do that? Yeah. Can we do that There's on your podcast? There's a whopping yeah. 5% alcohol. Well, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and it's really You guys totally me. miss my Dominican Republic joke. But, <laughs> you know, people have been dying drinking tainted oh. alcohol in the Dominican oh. Republic. No. I've, see, oh, I'm not on Twitter, so oh. I don't know that. That's been in the news, you know. <laughs> It's just been national news. It's been like twenty people, wow, maybe not that shit. many. It's been a, it's been a lot, and That's a lot have gotten sick from it. Yeah, crazy, right? God. The liquor. Yeah, Tainted they liquor. apparently so. In order to save money, they they will you know home make liquor. People will and then sell it to the the hotels buy it oh. for half price oh. as opposed to getting Jack Daniels. They yeah. get some like prohibition. Yeah. like they use like yeah. bathtub liquor. Yeah, but basically. they put uh, apparently they put some. Uh, is it methanol? No, it's a uh, shit. Anyway, there's often crappy stuff Something, in there. Rubbing Something alcohol. Something else yeah. in there that... Essentially, right. Oh, oh. man. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring the thing oh, no. down. Sure. I just oh, made no, a joke that deserved a chuckle. It's it, it, And you're and right. And it got it, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I should read the news more. That is say. really... that. That's that's an eye-opener for me. Anyway, what is the The, the only thing I know DC? from the news is that Donald Trump is president. That's the only thing I know from the news anymore. That's the only thing that gets Is that why you coverage. stopped looking? Yeah. So you've I stopped looking. So you've got looking. that correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that dominates the news cycle. It does indeed. Um, so what does the C stand for? The C now in DC know. stands for Cole. My name is David Cole, but uh, there's a uh, there's a David Hamilton who was a filmmaker and a photographer who took prepubescent nudes. Oh, jeez. And once I learned this, I you didn't mean, want the association. See, this story I did know. So, um, I had to look him up because I was just too curious you? once you told me. Why yeah, would you do um, that? Yeah, prepubescent news is, 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 it's just a really, I guess, polite way of saying there were a lot of naked 12-year-olds. I mean, I don't, he, I don't know um, how old they were. This guy but... worked in the 50s, so unfortunately you were named before Google. Before Google. Otherwise was he considered an artist, or was he considered... It, it, I think yeah. it was considered art. It was like, He's European, right? Yeah, it was, I, I don't know, I... Really tried to not. Yeah, you don't want to. So basically, I, I the, I, never know. Google David Hamilton. 
Yeah, just don't. So do that. that's why definitely I mean, don't I, image search. Yeah, yeah <laughs> DC had to change his name. I, I found this out, you know, in the early two thousands. I think uh, uh, not too long after the Patriot Act and things like this. So I was really worried that I was looking him up and the NSA was looking at me. I was very worried about that. So, right. So I just didn't look. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm, but it's I'm, a good thing you did enough research I, into yourself. I did enough to know to, to know that you really got to gotta change, change your name. name. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it works. It's, it's a good name. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Uh, you're not from D.C., are you? I am not from Where D.C. are you from? Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about you? Orlando, Florida. Orlando. Nice. Is that where you met Josh? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, Josh and I probably met in 99 or 98. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That is, yeah. What about you, Verena? Where are you from? I'm from Beijing, China. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Nope. Usually people don't because, you know, the way I talk kind of fools them. Yeah. But, yeah, but uh, I was born and raised there. I came here for film school at UCLA when I was 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, About a million years ago. I assumed you weren't born in the U.S., but I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know if you were Chinese or... Yeah. I mean, I'm half Chinese, half Hungarian, but I was born and oh, raised Oh, see, okay. Yeah. There's, there, yeah, there, that there's makes something more confusing sense, right? me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because there's something smoky in there that doesn't look completely Chinese. <laughs> smoky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are Hungarians smoky? They are a little. They can be. They're <laughs> one of the kebab cultures. Oh. <laughs> it's okay for you to say that, right? I can say that. You See, can say I can that. say that. <laughs> That's no, funny. I've had, I'm mostly casting directors have been pretty blunt about that. Just you know, there's something smoky in there. What 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 is that mix? Hmm. You know, before the Rock became as famous as he did I, I'm sure he got similar questions just just what exactly is all of this mm -hmm. you oh know? right yeah. Yeah. yeah but yes so to answer that um, <clears throat> Chinese and Hungarian but I was born and raised in China um, my family are like third generation Hungarians so oh okay so I don't really know much about that part of my culture I have some Hungarian friends and one in particular always says that I have to have Hungarian in me you look like yeah. you probably just, just do actually. Yeah. yeah, just based on yeah. your, it's, it's and based the eyes. on knowing me. Yeah, it's the eyes actually. <laughs> you know, like, he's like, like you are Hungarian. I tell you. <laughs> and the, yeah, Sorry, and, a terrible and, accent. And, and, and the drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's the part I didn't get. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, the, the drinking part. The, the, the ability. To no, hold you got the liquor. Asian part. I of got that. the Asian part of that right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but but not the math skills. So I I I've been to Hong Kong a couple of times, and I I went in 2007. And I have a, a very good friend who lives there. And uh, he and I met all these people. He knew a bunch of friends, and I'd meet them, and they'd say, don't go back to America telling people you went to China. And I said, why? They said, because you did not go to mainland China. You went to Hong Kong. I'm like, okay. And uh, when I went back in 2014, 15, um, nobody said that because it's so much different than it was, and it's mm. less than 10 years. There's so many more mainland Chinese there. It mm. was it was a lot. I guess the word is di a lot more diverse. I, I'm not an expert. From what I saw, there was a lot more white people walking around in '07 than there were in '1415. There were more Chinese. No, oh, interesting. I don't know. Interesting. Well, they they changed some laws to because previously under Britain, you couldn't just come yeah, from China. Yeah, it was very right. difficult for us to um, to. You know, to, to, to be home. It, it was like kind of like going to a different country. Yeah. 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 You had to have a visa and everything. I didn't go to Hong Kong for the first time until after um, 97. So, yeah, definitely. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I love the city. I, I'd like to go to the rest of China, but 
I don't know. It's such a big trip. You have to. It is. If you're really going to go, you may trip. as well yeah. go, you know. Well, if you enjoy chewing the air, go to Beijing. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> is, yeah, is yeah. Shanghai yeah. It's a close to as bad? moderately better, I guess, because mm. it's, I don't know, seemed that way when I went there. But then again, you know, Beijing could get really bad in the summertime. And yeah. also during the fall when we get our dust storms. Like Beijing is like one of those cities, kind of like New York, where it gets every kind of extreme weather. Like whatever is the crappiest weather for that time of year, Beijing gets it. Right. So bitter cold winters, scorching hot summers, dust storms in the fall for some reason, and that's where they chose to make the capital. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Some emperor decided that that was a good idea. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's based on uh, military location kind of, right? I don't know. They moved it because the capital of China used to be uh, much more centralized in like the middle of China, and then sometime... Oh, really? Yeah, there was a move. I think it was the... No, I, I... That would have I'm, been hundreds of years ago. Yes, though. hundreds yeah, of years yeah. ago. I'm not going to say what dynasty because I don't remember because <laughs> of the alcohol. And uh, I don't want to embarrass myself. And we're blame, way blame off the topic. You're like two sips into that. Yeah, I know. No, seriously, this thing is mostly full. And look how drunk I am already. I have no tolerance. That's, like a thimble of, of alcohol can get me drunk. That's funny. If you start getting like flushed and red, I'll yeah. know we have, a, we have oh, an I issue. I think I already am. <laughs> you don't look it. It's fine. No, my, back of my head back of my neck is like sweating so well i have to turn the ac off so it might be a little bit warm in oh because for for sound i turn the air off so of course but completely oh, understandable. that's that's uh i'm getting emails saying i, I turned my phone off um that's all right yeah that was that was my computer um don't worry nobody else heard that uh so you guys did uh midnight man and then you did uh what's the new film called it's called the fair the Fair. And did you just sell that one, too? Did I hear correctly? Yes, that is going to be released on Blu-ray um, and in theaters for a limited um, uh, time before that. But it'll be available wide on November, November 19th through um, through a company, uh, through Epic's uh, genre label, which is called Dread Presents. And so it is, Epic's the TV channel. No, no, no. no. Epic, okay. the um, Epic production company. Oh, oh Epic okay. Pictures, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. There's like... Lots of those with similar sounding names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we are their um, part of their genre label, which is Dread Presents, which is tied into dreadcentral.com. Oh, okay. Even I've heard of that website. We're not yeah. really a horror film, but we're horror adjacent because we're sci fi. Okay. And uh, so they picked us up as part as Yeah. yeah hmm. As to, to kind of round out their label. They do some straight horror, but then they also do some um, just genre in general. Okay. All right. So we will be available November 19th. Oh, cool. Well, congrats to you guys. Thank Good you for very you. much. And, and you wrote this one as yes. well, and yes. you directed this Correct. one. Oh, that's yes. great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of genre adjacent, to change mm -hmm. the subject slightly, did you guys see Midsummer? No, not oh, yet. Have you seen oh, okay, yeah. Have you? What'd you think? <clears throat> Let's get you on record. Yeah. <laughs> eh. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's well made. I've actually heard that from a few of my friends, which is why my interest in it a little bit um got a little tacit that and plus i read that it's a little bit um i guess atmosphere over plot and that's an interesting way to say it i'll tell you what i think without spoiling sure, stuff i'll please, tell you why i think please. what i think number one it's i don't consider it a horror film mm. even though there's some blood and guts and stuff but not much uh, i it's more of a psychological thriller than than anything in my right. opinion um, but 
It's an art film. Mm-hmm. For sure. And if you're going to make an art film, then you have to have a point of view about something, right? Right. Or that's the whole idea of right. it, right? Yeah, or at least that. to ask some important questions that you maybe look for answers a little bit right. kind Explored of thing. Right, on a Definitely, big canvas. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. This doesn't do that. <laughs> um, that's a very simplified version. Okay. But, but it, it, you know, it doesn't, I don't know what it's about. I don't oh, know what it's supposed to be about. No, I know what the film is about. Sure. And actually the, you know, the, the, the plot of it, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting. Um, but what is the film really about? Yeah. I don't have a clue. And I sat with three of my friends after the movie and we were all, well, was it about this? Was it about this? I don't know. Was it, you know, and in other words, we couldn't even, we couldn't even say, oh, well, it's either about this or this because he did this. and did right. that. Mm-hmm. We were just all kind of, and, and for me, that's a challenge. Like, I know people like to go see movies they don't think about mm-hmm. or that don't make them think. Sure. Transformers mm-hmm. movies or whatever, whatever sure. you know, and that's fine. That's totally cool. Good for them. Yeah, I like to go to movies where like they talk about big issues or ask big mm-hmm. questions or you know, or you're you really get inside somebody's head. You know, Absolutely. stuff that like more challenging stuff. Sure. And yeah. I don't mean to sound snobbish by that. It's just the style I like. And I'm not into horror films either. So mm-hmm. if I was a big fan of like the genre, that genre, I might like the movie better. I was going to ask you what uh, your... Because it's a well-made movie. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a very well-made movie. He's a very talented filmmaker, yeah. Yeah, and I haven't seen his other movie. Yeah. My friends had and they liked it. Yeah. So that's why they wanted to go see this. Yeah. And um, I just think, I don't know. It, it, it's also very long. You could have oh. cut. You could have cut at least a half hour out of it. See, that's Ooh, a, yeah, that's always tough yeah. when a movie when you feel a movie's length. Yeah. Or or when it feels longer than it is. That's always the yes, yes. <laughs> it's always great when they feel shorter. Yeah. Exactly when it feels longer than it needs to be. Right. Well, you know, I would I'm, say I would. Here's a here's what I'll I'll defend it for a second and say at least they're trying to do. He's trying to do something. The filmmakers are trying to do something interesting. They might have missed the mark. Mm. I always say, look, a real art film, you either love it or hate it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. not, you know, that's not a hard and fast rule. But sure. You know, if 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 people are arguing about it, you made something interesting. Yeah. You know, if people come out and they're like, eh, Yeah. Take it or leave it and Right. Yeah. It's forget it that by that. Then night. there's no point. Right. 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 So, so anyway. Or at least I mean, I guess it's because I feel like when you're making an art film, especially if you're making an indie film, then to have a point of view sort of is the reason the movie exists because right. you also don't have robots fighting each other, you know? So, right. You know, so, so then have something to say, leave an uh, impression. Right. Otherwise, it takes so much work to make a film. Yeah. Why go through all of that if in the end it's just like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Something, yeah. yeah. I, no, not I, was, to, I wasn't. But ask, I have not seen Midsummer, so yeah, not, no, not same, to same here. Uh, but I, I was going to ask. What, you said you're not a horror fan, but is, what's a horror film that you like? Just so I have a frame of reference. Oh, now you're on the spot. Oh no. <laughs> um, I or, don't know. Or you can pass. Uh, what, about, what about you, DC? I mean, why don't you ask yourself the same question? Because you're neither of us are huge horror fans no, not, I mean, not, in, not in the way that some people are you know right, that's yeah. that's not my favorite genre that's not something that I know people who like seek out everything 
horror and horror is their favorite thing. That's not necessarily me. I love cinema yeah. and horror is but one of the genres that sure. I seek sure, out. Around yeah. Halloween, I probably seek it out a little bit more. But Look, a good movie is a good movie, right? Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Right? I always fa- say that about music. Yeah. I lean certain ways, but good music is good music. Exactly. You know? Absolutely. What about you, DC? What's your favorite horror film? Straight horror? Probably Alien. Mm. If I'm being honest. Oh, you consider Alien, Alien a horror film? Uh, the first, the first Alien one, yes. I do consider a horror film. I, and it's funny. I actually prefer Aliens, personally, to Alien, but I don't... Even though Aliens has a lot of terror in it, I don't consider that a horror film. Right. Aliens it, is more of an action film. I would sci-fi consider it a sci-fi action, thriller. action, space action. Yeah. yeah. Right. But the first one is kind of like a haunted house in space. Isn't that what Ridley That's what Scott Ridley Scott or somebody said always said. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Wait, the second one... Is that the one where the alien comes out of the guy's stomach? No, that's, that's the first one. That's in, yeah, that's, that's the, first the first one. That's the first one? Yeah. yeah. And, okay, I've seen it because yeah. I, I can't remember if how many of them I've seen. I think I've seen the first two. There's, yeah. there's, um, there's only so many good ones. So well, I like I liked it. Yeah. So, oh, what about the Covenant stuff? Do you like that? The new? The, new of the newer stuff, unfortunately. No. No? no not, mm. not as much. Some interesting ideas. You know, you're talking about ideas. I tried ideas very, very right? hard to like it. Some very I interesting ideas. Like yeah. But, yeah. Uh, um, I think it got a little convoluted. I think um, the filmmaker's interest in the subject matter sort of, um, I don't know, it just felt like it superseded the movie's need to entertain or the audience that kind of has followed that franchise all the way up until mm-hmm. Prometheus and yeah. Covenant. Yeah. It just felt like we were watching. Oh, yeah, Prometheus was before. I did yeah. see Prometheus. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Eh, that's what eh. I I was trying to think of the movie. I could tell that here's Ridley the funny Scott's part. While really she was talking, it, yeah. I was trying to think of the movie oh, that, that, yeah. that I was that I was like about. Like, kind of looking, I could yeah. tell what really interested Ridley Scott about this universe. I'm just not sure that I agree with him that I am equally interested in those parts of it. I right. just want to see the xenomorphs. You know, I, I wanted to <laughs> to go back to a purer version of that franchise and not get it, it got really heady yeah. Prometheus and Alien Covenant especially Prometheus like it got really ponderous and I just I my favorite of these of those movies is Aliens yeah the second one the James Cameron one I thought that was um the best that the franchise ever got it mm-hmm. was very straightforward it was an action film it had good characterization it had really clear stakes and it was just a runaway from monsters movie and it was very very well done yeah and that's Which james really cameron all... knows how to yeah he plays an audience. the that, alien yeah. monster is a yeah. blue collar monster essentially <laughs> it's, it's kind of you know how they say that zombies are blue collar monsters and vampires are are like white collar monsters i had not heard that but yeah i've no, heard I've that expression heard that i always thought that the xenomorph is a blue collar monster kind of like one of those kind of like zombies in in in, in that it is a mindless horde that's not about any kind of high level intellectualization it just wants to eat you and that's all it is is very right. clear it is very base it's very primal primal exactly yeah. and that's and and i'm not the one who said that the the blue collar monster thing somebody said that about romero's films and how he started you know zombies and I always felt the same way about the xenomorphs. They just, they work best when you don't have, you don't have to know where they come from. You don't have to do, do this convoluted, well, like, once upon a time, these engineers went to Earth and then, you know, something went put wrong. Their, their DNA into our system and then something went wrong there. Then and then, and then some, somewhere else, there's this giant, like, you know, like, bald man, alien, 
monkey elephant god whatever the hell was going on in that movie just got so convoluted i was like i don't need to know where these bugs came from i just want to know that they are going to eat me Mm -hmm. and i need to run away from them the end i thought the alien monster worked best then it's a it's a b-movie monster Let's apologies not, to any sure. pr- hardcore prometheus yeah. defenders who are listening i know there i know those are out there i've had conversations with people who loved prometheus and i you know it's it's interesting to listen to their point of view you know I what just, I, you know what Pr- prometheus felt like to me what the first two episodes of a new series where you're like Ooh, they're going to get to some good stuff in, the next, stu- in yeah. the next episode. And then yeah. it stops. And then cut the credits. Right, and then, and then it doesn't happen. Right. That's you how know, it like, felt. What did I just watch? Yeah. I feel like I went through a lot, and I'm not sure if it was all worth it. Well, there, there is an interesting thing now because of, because of where TV's gone. You know, as a filmmaker, you know, just to use as a recent example, Tarantino recently said, I'm going to make one more movie and then I'm right. and then is I'm out. Is he really sticking to that 10 movies? Well, no, he said 8 before. So, yeah, no. he really? did yeah. th- so oh. um we'll see about and that. And the Star Trek count. He's uh, been he's been cagey about if Star Trek counts. Is the Star Trek's going to count as his 10 or not? He's been cagey yeah, about. it would count. Wouldn't it? But he yeah. didn't he's not going to write it. I'm sorry, go back to your your story. Oh, that's okay. Just, it popped in my head cuz I'm a huge Trekkie. So. No, that might be the last the last one for him, but mm. but but um but he the point he said was yeah but that doesn't mean I won't go into TV and stuff oh, oh interesting so I saw an interview on Kimmel or one of those yeah. and and um, and I thought oh my god imagine Quentin Tarantino with 10 or 20 or 30 hours to do what he yeah, does what instead of two like? or three oh, yeah. hours. I mean, with the way television's going now. But that's my way, thing, you know? Also, look look way... at Fincher, you know? Oh, yeah. Fincher's oh, yeah. gone into... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to mention Fincher Wachowskis. regarding Alien 3 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wachowski brothers have Sense8. That's Sense8, like some of the best yeah. work they've done. Sisters. In, in Wachowski right. sisters Wachowski now. Sisters. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yes. Are they? We knew of them as brothers for Are they the Wachowski sisters or are they still just the Wachowskis? I don't know. I mm. think maybe they're the Wachowskis. Just, just I don't the Wachowskis, know. I think it's still just the Wachowskis. But anyway, yeah. you're, you're absolutely I never right. watched their Sense8 show. I've heard good things about I it. Heard I have not gone around yeah. to it yet. I had friends that worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to Brad's I think, friends. I, I think I knew somebody <laughs> who worked on it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they oh, shot all that? around the world. It's, um, it was incredible production-wise what they guy. accomplished. Yeah. Um, and I heard it was some of their best original material since The Matrix. Oh, but yes. speaking of that. Oh, yeah, they're remaking Matrix. The Matrix. Oh, yeah. I wait, was, wait, wait. You heard it was a remake? Um, I'm not sure. I'd like to see I a prequel. I know that it's... That'd be uh, interesting. That'd be is interesting. Is it a... a pre- I mean, how did shit turn se- into that? Sequel, you know? reboot, seboot. There's so many There's so many terms now. All I know is that um, they've recast the lead as Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, but we are oh, really? literally... Yes. And I, and I don't I know Michael if he's B. Neil or if he's a new guy. I'm hoping he's a new guy and they're still going to go to Keanu for Neil. I was going to say, wait, I, and I love Michael B. I love Michael yes. B. He's a, a kind, he's a very kind man. I've met him I know, you, you worked with, with him on him. Friday Night Lights. But, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like we are in the middle of... Keanu Reeves being the biggest the thing on planet Earth. We're in the middle of the Keanuessance, and they're going to announce you a new don't Matrix. Recast a Matrix Keanu now. Reeves? I know. That seems that seems crazy to me. Well, they haven't said yet. Have they, they haven't said yet. That's right. true. It's like the new Ghostbusters. So they haven't said Bill Murray's in it, but they haven't said he's not. So. Right. 
Yeah, it's all kind of speculation at this point. I don't know how to feel about that because I was such a huge fan of the first movie, and then the third one just hurt me so bad. So bad. That uh, I kind of haven't the thought about it. The second one's trash, yeah. too, no? Nah, I was a defender of the second I... one until the third one came out. So <laughs> yeah. for like a summer, I was Look, trying to give Reloaded the benefit of the here's doubt. Here's the problem with that movie it's so good, groundbreaking, and original, yeah. and fantastic. Yeah. That to try to follow it up with stuff yeah, that, by the way, was never meant. It, it was never, as far as I'm aware, was never meant to be a trilogy. Tended to be, yeah. No, they just <clears throat> didn't need to do that. Yeah. That what was... I what I found crazy about. Do Do you know how they got that movie? No. They They made bounds, right? Or bound, or bound, bound. Yeah. But you know how that came about. That producer, I think, was it Scott Rudin? No, 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 no. Uh, Joel, Silver. Joel Silver. Joel yeah. Silver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They came to Joel Silver and said, we want to direct it. And, you know, when he looked at it and probably went, holy shit, this is a $100 million this is movie. Insane. Yeah. Um, they've never directed anything before. So he was like, okay, why don't you guys write a script that's under $10 million and I'll let you go make that. And we'll see if you know how to make a movie. And then we can go make The Matrix. That's- yeah, I think and so they so they wrote Bound and he... They get the you know studio gave them the money went out and they made money off of it too. It made I don't I don't think they got anybody got rich, but yeah, that's like some fairy tale shit right there. It's like oh, you know that's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's never gonna happen again. Where you want to make this movie? How about we let you make another movie first and then you get to make your movie? That's like you know talk to any any filmmaker today trying to scrape together one film. You're never going to get a deal like no, that again. You know, that right. is insane. And now it's these, in, it's these indie filmmakers, and it's interesting, but it's these indie filmmakers who do one or two small, interesting projects that cost 10 bucks, mm-hmm. and then they get put onto these ginormous franchises of which they are a cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's it's not like it's not like it's their voice. It's not like the yeah, Matrix, which is very much the Wachowskis. Exactly, you get to pull, right. you get pulled onto one of these these like um, studio franchises where everything is pre-vis. By the time you yeah. show up, they why, already why shot you, why half of the action. Why do you think that is? I have I have my uh, what's feelings. Your, what's about your it. No, I want to hear yours first. <laughs> my uh, my theory is that with with indie filmmakers, uh, they are inexpensive. Yeah, I was gonna um, say that's probably the cynic in me says that's because they're cheap. They're, they're inexpensive. They were they're more likely to work within the studio system because they don't have this long trail behind them of really successful work. So they don't have the kind of the cue to say no, we're gonna do it my way. Yeah, they're malleable. Um, and they're and they're probably if they made good films, then they're probably good with actors. So they can probably work within certain parameters you took what i was gonna say and made it sound positive oh i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say like you know it's 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 my um my snarky line they're they're cheap no you you guys go ahead yeah i don't i I actually don't think the money has that much to do with it although they they are going to be cheaper than a bigger name director Uh, but when you're talking about a hundred two hundred million dollar movie you know if they're paying them five hundred thousand instead of a million or or whatever the numbers are it's not that i I actually i think agree with you it's that they're malleable i I think that's that's a better word easier to control yeah yeah they're easier to to meddle with whereas if you get a uh, very well-known director then he's gonna fight for his it's all about who gets final cut that's true, but you know, I mean, you know but there's cases yeah. Well, nobody gets are... nobody gets final cut Not anymore. anymore. Well, a couple anymore. people get final yeah. cut, yeah. and that's about it. And that's about it. Quentin yeah. probably does. Probably. P.T. Anderson definitely does. Yep. Spielberg. But the studios, uh, he's been ditched by studios on a bunch of his movies. You know, Megan Ellison has saved P.T. Anderson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, who else? I mean, there's Do like you a think Ridley handful. Scott. 
Uh, I think I don't know Ridley's, after Covenant. I don't know about Ridley Scott. After I would assume, but I don't know. Ridley plays ball, though. He's definitely Ridley's a good. team player he's, with he's the a studios. Good, yeah. He's a good company man. I mean, he's a great artist, I, and I love Ridley. I think the world of him, but he's definitely a good company man. He plays well within the studio, so right. um, So I don't know. And besides, and yeah. these are all the old guard. Nobody new, nobody young, nobody, you know, but it's, the you next know, generation But it is on. interesting when you do see... Uh, well, some... when you put a movie in a corporate structure, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah, no. When you... When you, when you when you want a movie to fit into your multinational yeah. corporations, yeah. the way they do things, yeah. it's like CEO, top management, yeah. junior mm-hmm. management, middle <laughs> management, like mm-hmm. this pyramid of, so like you can't have the CEO of a movie yeah. be your middle management guy. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. You know, you've got your, you make air conditioners, that makes you $3 billion a year and this guy runs it, but yeah. he's got four bosses and the CEO. Yeah. You. You don't give him final cut on how they make the air conditioner. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. And so I think they take that. That's the, the mindset right. of this. You right. know, I think, but I don't know. I, and, I, yeah, you know, it's know. not it's... that uh, we necessarily have a problem with that. Because yeah. I understand that, you know, Marvel gets final cut of everything Marvel. They have quality control. Yeah, but they their have... director doesn't. Yeah, but their director doesn't. Right. But that's... Fine they, at that level, work. they've yeah. made it work. So and it, and it's, it's just the way it is, and you know. But it's but that's final you... come up cut by committee. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It, Which is exactly what a studio is. Right. It's still it's a studio. Usually, yeah. it's, still it's, totally it's final studio. cut by committee, and sometimes yeah. you can tell. Sometimes the movie is worse for it. But oh, I've seen plenty of movies sure, that you're yeah. like, oh, this is just jumbled, <laughs> and they started to go in this direction, and right. then they didn't, and then they started, and you're it's like, when, that was somebody's idea at a table one yeah. time. And It's when know. they started cutting it with foreign sales in mind, as opposed to with for a, mm. a foreign audience, as much as a domestic audience. It's when the scale tipped on foreign money so that they're really not even cutting it for a an American audience anymore, for an right. English speaking audience anymore. Now they're cutting with, you know, what do people in China? China's a huge market now. Want to see? Well, they want out of their American films, American stars, lots of action, mm-hmm. and all of the lines is going to be dubbed or subtitled, so they don't care as much about storytelling. So you don't want a lot of talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have our right. own homegrown mm-hmm. films for that, right. but because now we're spending as much money. Um, you know, that rivals the United States on foreign films because we just like Hollywood glamour and action. Uh-huh. Now, a lot of those films are being made to be tailored to a foreign audience who isn't going to care much about the talking parts. Right. And I can tell sometimes big movies being edited in such a way that's clunky or mm-hmm. obviously a lot of things character-wise or plot-wise were sacrificed. Almost like they're cutting around what the director yeah, wanted. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Almost like yeah. that. But you kind of get the sense they're probably cutting it with a foreign audience in mind because now a movie makes as much, if not more, money overseas than it does domestically. So, of mm-hmm. course, they're going to do that. Yeah, because they're 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 corporations. Yeah. Yeah, their called, whole job is to make money. Yeah. What was it I heard recently? Pandarin and Mandarin. Pandarin and Mandarin. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. Who was I, that? Was that Ryan George? Yes, that was uh, the, the screen uh, no, the the pitch meeting guy on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, he's terrific. Anyway, but hey, you know, I'll drink to that because that's, that's right. where I'm from too. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, but you may one other thing about the 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 brand new director coming in, and they're not all like that, but they're we've sure. seen oh, a bunch yeah. of them a where lot. you look the person up and you're like, he did a short film, and then he got <laughs> and he's doing. Yeah, those are the ones that baffle me. You should have at least been like a Sundance winner or something like that, I feel like. You would think, but, you know, (laughs) 
but what we're finding Prove out is stripes. they're looking for somebody they think is a good manager and yeah. who knows how to talk to people a little exactly. bit and, yeah. and who when they say this can't cost more than this they'll stick to it right they're not yeah. going to fight back yeah. and when they say this person is cast as this and they hate them they'll yeah. they'll accept they'll do it, it. Yeah. they'll tow the company line they'll get out of the way when they're doing the action stuff and, that's and, yeah. all been predetermined and yeah. right. sometimes even have already started shooting or chunks of the action's already been shot and I don't are think now that's, in special. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, Didn't, I, there I was a know. film that was Have like... Have you heard about that no, specifically? No, I, I thought that King Kong, uh, Kong Island, that, that like oh, they Island. were... The Skull Island, that they were working on pieces of the special effect by the time that principal photography... I don't like know. the uh, I by not. the time that the because that was a director that they plucked out of indie. Well, the, the the what my the reason I say I don't think that happens mm -hmm. is I was taking that as before they brought the director on. Is that what you meant? Oh no, I meant uh, because they'll bring. A, I mean, the DGA they have to bring a director on yes, before I, they start I mean, shooting. Yeah, stuff but and, sometimes they would have prevised. Sure. And uh, like set oh, in stone design, and design. That's what I meant. Design okay. the, the the special effects and the action sequences that before I don't doubt. the the director ever was brought on. So yeah. he had nothing to do with that. Well, they probably show them to to. Them I'm sure, in the but interview he process. has like no say. <laughs> Seriously, no. What do no, you think true. of this? Like, yeah. what would you change about this? What do you mm -hmm. like? What don't you like? Yeah. You know, I, I, I. A, a director friend of mine. Um, it's almost like directing television. You it, know, it is. Directing those big, jump jump yeah, into a jump system into a that's pre-established. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. I'm. It's similar. Um, no, a, a director friend of mine who um, who's been up for a couple of big movies and gotten down to a few people for you know hundred million dollar movies. Yeah. Mm. The amount of work they do um, leading up to that, and and the producers have their own ideas, which is kind of where you were going. The bigger movies, they especially when they're sequels and stuff, yeah. or they're part of some franchise, right? They know the stuff they want to include, which actually kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, they they want to know exactly what you're going to do about everything yeah and this person this one director we were having drinks and talking and um they said uh, uh you know i'm scared because this movie has a lot of vfx and i haven't i haven't mm -hmm. done a lot of that stuff in the past and they're like huge you know <laughs> huge green screen days on a whole city you know what i mean the right. whole thing and i said look you're gonna have uh special effects yeah. you're gonna have a whole team yeah. with you don't worry yeah. that's not all gonna be on you right yeah. and and they're the experts at that yeah essentially what you're doing is giving them the vibe of it or that or you're directing the actors within it right mm -hmm. and telling them what vibe you want and if they come back to you with the shit vibe or shit effects or whatever yeah. then you make your changes as needed that's yeah. what you do and um I don't want to say who it was, cause I, but sure. but this person was was mm -hmm. kind of relieved by that. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I mean, I'm like, you don't have to operate the camera yeah, if exactly. you're directing the movie. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you don't have to figure out exactly where to lay the dolly right. track and why. You can just point to people who know what they're doing, and yeah. and then because that's that's smaller than what you need to fuck with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, you know. No, it's totally true. Because yeah. uh, I mean, you've got like something like uh, uh, Colin Trevorrow who does. Um, uh, uh, safety Jurassic Night Guaranteed. World. Jurassic yeah, he, World. he goes. He goes. Yes. If I under, if I remember correct, I don't, I'm not an expert on his career path, but he went to Jurassic World from Safety Not Guaranteed, 
Jurassic World see. being, you know, Jurassic World being a giant uh, effects, probably, you know, probably yeah. for the thousands, thousands of effects shots in that movie. Uh, and Safety Not Guaranteed has one effect shot, you know, or right. a couple like toward the end. screen shot. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yes. right, right, right. So, you know, so it's, it's safe to assume that he did not go into Jurassic World knowing everything about how it was going to, yeah, how it was going to work. They right. just surrounded him, Spielberg and the producers surrounded him with the best possible people. And right. that's exactly what you said. It's exactly that same, you know, he's that not going to have to operate the camera. That is right. a newer practice because right. they didn't used to do that with directors. Yeah. Usually if you're an effects director, you're like a Peter Jackson or you're like a Spielberg. You're like one of these guys who's kind of known for that or like a Michael Bay. Yeah. Now yeah, they're fucking a lot of indie guys and putting them in those positions. And yeah. You make you make a good point, Brina, mm-hmm. but but also Spielberg isn't in the back room with them drawing the stuff on the. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Even he, he when it was on them, the best in the yeah, world. Yeah. Even when it was those guys, yeah. it was. I think they just finally wisened up and went, we don't have to pay for those guys, you know, because <laughs> right. we got the guys who actually does the special effects. Why don't we just pay for someone who's going to be good for the actors? And now it's like movie by committee, you know. Yeah. I remember. I remember reading a story uh, about. When Brian Singer was hired to do the first X Men movie, X Men, um, that he he knew nothing about special effects. I don't know if it's okay to mention Brian Singer anymore. Sure, I'm sure. Why not? Sure, um, he knew nothing about special effects, uh, really. But he visited the set of Titanic and nearly mm. <laughs> nearly got overtaken by a wave of water when he was on the deck and Cameron suddenly dropped the boat or something. I don't know. Cameron played a trick on him. Or oh, something. he screwed with him. Screwed Is with he in him the film? Bit. He's not in the film, no. But he apparently, this is the story that I read. I don't know how true this okay. is, but uh, so I, I think you know, there's probably also some of that where if a director is about to be installed on a large project, you know, they, they the studio probably says, course. "Hey, we, you know, go go spend some time on this." Right. You know, I, I can't no, imagine just like shadowing in TV. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine they send anyone to a a big situation like that unprepared. You know, we were talking about Final Cut uh, a while ago, and there's one guy whom I've always wondered who does get Final Cut on his films, especially his recent films, and that's Michael Bay. And it's the Transformers (laughs) movies. Who has Final Cut on those? Not Michael Bay. No. Do you think like like who's uh, like whose fault is that? Is when what were, I want to know. No, when you were talking about cutting for the foreign market, that's mm-hmm. all I could think of was, was Transformers. Yeah. Oh you God. Know? Say as little as possible. Right. Blow a lot of shit mm-hmm. up. And it works. Every one of those movies made a lot of money. Made yeah. tons of they money. Make money. Yeah. Good for them. Somehow. Yeah. I, I think I, I saw watch- the first one. I, I, I the first stopped one watching, good. and the new one was really good. Bumblebee. Yes, Bumblebee was not bad actually was really because good. it was the first one not directed by Bay. And uh, not that you know, I You're think not Michael, a fan. Michael Bay's done some great work. Actually, I'm a big fan of some of uh, what he's done. Just not a lot of the Transformers movies. Did he do the? I uh, no, um, he did the island, but that's not one of my. No, my I was Were you thinking I, The Rock. The Rock. Yes. Yeah, yeah he did The his, Rock. That that's a good his, movie. That's a that great was, movie. That was his yeah. second film. That was when, his second uh, film. Is it really? What was his first film? Bad Boys. Bad Boys, yeah. Well, Bad Boys is yeah. good. Came out he, Bad Boys, Bad too. Boys, yeah. was, They're doing uh, Bad Boys 3 right now, I think. I can't wait. Yeah. Remember can't when wait. we were, uh, like, I think I was a teenager when this happened, those uh, Budweiser frogs for, for the beer commercial. Uh-huh. He came up with that. That was his. And the Got Milk campaign was his? Yeah. So he was a... He's a smart guy. Yeah, he was a very prolific commercial director before he went to features yeah. and you know, I, speaking of the right i've never sorry i've never met michael bay before hmm. but i've been at a party with him oh really you see the, the loud guy in the room at the playboy mansion oh come on oh no i, I promise wow. <laughs> that place doesn't even exist anymore it was um 
Have they torn it down? Well, no, it's just that. They should well, burn it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, empty I the think, zoo first. I think yeah. have sold it. So now there's just yeah, some ni- nice family yeah. uh, lives there now. So wait, yeah. wait, So what happened at a, a Playboy Mansion party with Michael Bay? It was a... Um, this is going to go viral because of this. No, it was like a it was a pajamas party. They all had themes. All these parties, right? So this one, a lot of people just wear like, I think I had boxers and a t shirt, and then a, aren't they like all a, pajamas parties? A robe. Some are like bathing suit parties. Ah, Some are probably lingerie parties. I don't know. Um, I only I only ever got to go to one, uh-huh. and that was <laughs> through a through a friend. I was invited, but um. He was there and he had, so everybody had like flip flops on and stuff like, cause you're in like pajamas, you know, mm-hmm. right. he was wearing like, um, you know, brand new white new balance with white knee socks. Like, oh no. That's why he sleeps with maybe. You don't oh. know. You don't know. We don't know. He's ready to run all the time. He had He's his, just he ready had to his, go. He had his bathrobe on, but he had the white socks. It's amazing. <laughs> I did. Um, I it's didn't it's, it's interesting. That. My stunt double, uh, Tommy Co. Brown Lee, who is a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, my stunt double on The Midnight Man worked on a Michael Bay film. I think it was the third Transformers movie, and did say to us that his mandate on set for his stunt people is that they cannot walk; they have to run everywhere. Wow. He likes that kind of energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the energy is right there on the screen. Yeah, it looks like two junkyards having sex with each other. You're still talking about the Transformers, yes, the Transformers or all of Michael Bay's filmography? <laughs> Specifically the Transformers movies. I liked a lot of his work. You know, I just think that the latter Transformers movies, I don't know, something shifted there. But I, I, I hear he's going back to, like, his roots now that he's done with the Transformers Pain franchise. and Gain yeah. was great. Pain and Gain was fun. I liked yeah. it. It was like a... Did you see Pain and Gain? No. The Rock and Mark Wahlberg and... It was like the one non-Transformers movie that Michael Bay made there within he, a like, decade. He like fought to make I, that. I that was his passion it. project. Yeah. Uh, it's hmm. dark. It's a dark comedy. Kind Is of, it kind of mean spirited? Like kind of like Bad Boys Two mean spirited. Really? But it's, it's funny. Good? It's yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's dark. Wicked. But it's like that wicked dark that yeah. he was so good at. Yeah. By the way, um, I think I recall. Speaking of again, the Midnight Man. It's, I'm 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 remembering more about the Midnight Man tonight than go. I have for years. The but, alcohol's wearing off. But yeah, but William Forsyth uh, was in The Rock and was also yes. on our film. And I think when he showed up, you asked him what he remembered about The Rock and Michael oh, yeah. Bay, right? No, I because uh, William Forsyth has a supporting role in The Rock as uh, an FBI director or something like that. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, and I remember when I met him, we were you know just talking, you ask him about? talking about various... Yeah, we, yeah, I was just talking about various things about his career. I was a fan he of his. He played the guy who was like in charge of... Um, Connery's character. Uh, he was right? one. He was one of yeah. them because in in The Rock, to anyone listening who hasn't seen it, it Sean Connery was a Alcatraz inmate who was you know arrested and all stuff so and then cool. let let out of prison to show the FBI how to break into Alcatraz. Cool idea. And <laughs> uh, with a young Nick Cage. With a young Nick Cage, younger Nick Cage. Um, but I remember talking to William Forsyth about that, and he he was telling me this story about how he, uh, on a whim, he kind of improvised the moment where he's he's talking to Sean Connery, and he walks around behind him, and he pokes him really. This sounds weak, but he pokes him pretty assertively in the back of the head, and he was, I guess, a little worried because it was not something they rehearsed or talked about. He just did it on the fly. It's in the movie, and he was very afraid that Sean Connery was going to turn around and just knock his lights out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and Forsyth's but he, a but big guy but, too. Because Forsyth's you know? a big guy, but Connery's a very big guy. <laughs> Is he really? Uh, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh. I'm not sure. He, I didn't know that. Yeah. And kind of a tough guy. And a tough yes, guy. Yeah, definitely he tough. Grew I mean, up in a lot of Scotland brawls. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, but it, it worked uh, out and yeah, Forsyth yeah, yeah. was fine and had a great experience, I guess. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you went right for that movie. I did. Yeah. 
Yeah. Go Forsyth. I like that movie. That's a great movie. Okay, wait. Speaking of movies and budgets and stuff like that, where do you guys get your money? I mean, you don't have to tell me specifically, but like you've raised money for two mm-hmm. movies, yes. right? Because sure. you both yes. produced mm-hmm. these sure. movies. Yes. Did you have other producers that helped you raise money or we how'd did. you do it? Of course we did. Yeah. So you had other people who, yes. who bring outside money in. Yes. Um, we have... Is that how you did all of it or did you guys find some too? Or um, Well, we were... Uh, we... I, I don't need specifics. No, I know, I know. I'm, I'm not going to name names. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, no, no. I'm asking because this is a very mysterious. I mean, I kind of know how it works, but it's a very it's mysterious, totally mysterious thing for most people. Honestly, Part of the process. Right. Absolutely. It's kind of like you know how they say that um, there's no path to get into Hollywood because as soon as someone comes in, they like, you know, close that they, door. They close that door and they uh, they cement it over. Right. That's kind of the even in the indie world. That's kind of the case with. Um, indie financing in that they're kind of like snowflakes you know no two (laughs) films are are financed quite alike Mm -hmm. Um, but there's similarities usually with us we've done it both ways once is through pre-sales that's kind of like the corporate indie financing version as in you have a script you Go to a casting director who's reputable. Well, look, this is how major movies are made yeah. with pre-sales. Well, there's yeah. a lot you know, of so, m- yeah. like mini majors and and, and not the um, and like like John Wick was made off of pre-sales, yeah. you know, uh, off of Keanu. I've worked like on that. movies before that were sold before they started for more than they were exactly. They're so already the, in so the that's green one way, and we've, frame, we've done that before. We've is, dabbled yeah. in that. Midnight is kind of like that. Really? Where, yeah, where you have a cast, you do foreign pre-sales, and then wow. you, you take that, you go to the bank, or you go to a financier, or you go to a matching com- fund matching company, and you say, well, you know, I have this much, so um, you get it all insured, of course, because God forbid, you know, your actor breaks, breaks a leg or something like that, and you can't deliver the movie. But the is that idea your completion is, bond. Yes. yes. Yeah, right. But the idea yeah. is, you deliver that movie for this much, everything works out, and um, I've you, seen the bond people you, come to set before. Ooh, oh, nice. That's kind of intense. That's intense. I have not seen that. What happens? I've seen a Do lot of been in the get industry. Really nervous uh, when you're just. You know, you're doing 17 hours every day. Yeah. And, you know, we're out of town, and now they're adding a day. And Ooh. yesterday went two hours longer than the 16 they promised. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and it's just one thing after another. <laughs> anyway, but you see all these suits show up, and we're shooting in a cemetery, and like these <laughs> five people in suits step out of a van. That in and of itself is a horror film. And they I come walking they towards. Because know, who they wears look, that in LA? That's like well, making a point, you know? This particular instance, we're in Cincinnati in the summer. Oh. It was about 103 degrees okay, out. Okay, that's oh. definitely making a point. That's point it's, making, you know, you know wardrobe. It's, it's four men and one woman. They're all in like black suits and, you know, and they walk over to Video Village. They're drenched in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and somebody's like, those are the completion bond people. I'm like. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. I'm like, I'm glad my camera position's I'm not here. here. Right. Yeah, there. I know. I mean, not like anything's going to happen to me, but, you know, yeah. I don't need to hear all that. Anyway, that's I interrupted you. Oh, I'm no, sorry. that's okay. But, but anyway, that's one way to do it, which is that, you know, you have foreign sales, you have a foreign sales company, you have already a domestic distributor. So you hire they the have- company. Yes, and well, then you partner as, with the company. You okay. don't hire. There's no money yet. Nobody's hired. Everybody works on contingency. Yeah, right. exactly. So you already have all of that preset. You have your cast. You know that they're worth this much. And then you take that. You go to the bank or whoever is going to finance it. And so they have some. That's like the corporate way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the. And so you did that. I've done with Midnight Man. I've done that versions of that. Let's just say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, a little bit with Midnight Man, 
And then there's the entire other way to do it, which is you, you hear you get a rich uncle to, to just sure. write you a check. That's a lot of films are made that way. Oh, and a lot of people think and, it's and, always like one rich guy. And there's what it no, normally is is it's like it's, twenty rich guys. It's twenty rich guys, guys who gave you ten percent of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and. To that end, I will say... And halfway say, through the movie, you're making a call to the other ten, hoping that one will give you the rest so you can finish exactly. the last Exactly, and I've seen that happen, I've seen that happen quite a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Which and, one and are we going to call when we need more? There's there's, there's actually nothing wrong with that. Um, All of as, as long as you think it through and you, you make sure that you don't screw your finances. Because here's one thing you don't want to do in indie film, is you don't want to screw over your financiers, because that's a good way to never be able to go back to them sure. again. And there are so many filmmakers who make one film and they're one and done because of that Mm -hmm. so just make sure you don't do that if you're an indie filmmaker there's also kind of a middle ground which is usually what i do and it's what we're trying to do to get our next film off the ground which is you do cast someone who is um who does kind of have some value you do have the um the form you know the foreign company you have the, you have the partners you have the domestic distributor you have the foreign and they t- basically tell you well you can get this much for this guy and then you but finish in, it off of but the, you you don't go uh, and actually do the pre-sales because i think that's there's kind of a scuzziness to that like there's there's a really transactional like it, it's kind of like you, you know you don't actually basically chop the film up and sell it for parts before it's ever even made you mm. actually try to do it with some integrity so basically you take yeah, but you can still make it with integrity even after selling pre-selling no, no when it's free pre-sales they dictate why do they give you a lot of notes yeah they dictate like oh, oh you have to have this much this and this much this 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 amount of sex this amount of, amount of action because oh. yeah. it's pre-sales you sell it for parts before you ever even made it Oh, I, okay. Yeah, so, so I understand you know, the sleazy part. There's a little part. bit of I didn't soul know that selling. They, I didn't yeah. know that they gave there's you. There's definitely like, some soul selling when it comes to you know right. if you're doing strict phrases. And then of course they pick apart your cast. They go, well, no, we won't. Don't want this guy. We want this guy instead. Right. So try to go get this guy. It's just a rabbit hole of you don't want to go down that road too far unless you can really stomach it because mm-hmm. it is an arduous process and it is a little bit soul sucking. Like by the end of it, you're kind of like if you wrote a script that you care about, I don't recommend doing that. If you wrote a script that you don't care about then by all means do that it is a it is as much of a guarantee as you can have an indie so film. you're saying if you're in the film business for the money this Man. is a great way to go well, that's and if you're what, in it for the art yeah. and to make a living yeah then the the other ways are i'm just saying yeah, a lot absolutely. of people Probably do better. that yeah. Dolph lundgren's got like a hundred you know um Credits on IMDb. Well, not Bruce every Willis single one of those films a couple are gems. Movies a year. Exactly, and they're yeah. not all one, gems either. One day a movie. Yeah. Oh no, exactly. no, 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 Exactly, no, no, no. and usually the the way it is is that because um, I I know the company who does the Bruce Willis thing. So do um, I. Yeah, they give Bruce <laughs> like half of the budget, and then they make the entire rest of the movie on the other half of the budget. Mm-hmm. And, and he works one day of Gimp 20 corners, or something. Yeah. But right. it's like a thing where like the rule is he has to be in 20% of the movie and he has to be in the beginning, the middle, and the end in order for them to be able to put his face on the poster. Mm-hmm. That's like the rule. Because so it'll get they, kicked back if he's yeah, only just a cameo just, in the yeah, middle Yeah, they just the well, that's his all rule. of that. Oh, is that his rule? Probably. Yeah. That's some, sometimes the actor's rule too, yeah. right? Like you can't just put me in one scene and then put my face on the poster. Well, I can't have my face on every poster. Some yeah. actors don't care. Okay, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> No, 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 I'm sure they don't. Yeah. I'm sure That's they true, don't. Yeah. I'm just saying the big, the bigger the star you name. are, the more yeah. the more chance you're going to have some kind of... Um, well, was, there was a... Jesse Eisenberg had this issue where he, uh, before the social network, before his career really got red hot, 
uh, he did a small film, you know, it was a favor for a friend kind of thing. He has a very small role in it, but they marketed the movie after the social network, the movie got picked up, uh-huh. and they marked the movie on his face, front and center, big, starring Jesse because Eisenberg. He didn't, because they didn't do yeah. any paperwork that said you can't do there that. There was no, exactly. yeah. And I, I think it, I mean, I'm not sure, but well, I think it turned out. Was he pissed off? Or was he, was, he, he was not happy, yeah. from what I read. You see that done all the time. There's a new movie that Daisy Ridley made well before she was ever on Oh, Star before Wars. The Force Awakens. And it I was, heard about that. It was like a student film or something. It was very, very low rent. And then it recently got picked up for distribution and if you just look at the trailer it's like it's not jj abrams directing wow, it this is um the only anybody's only ever seeing this because she happened to have been in yeah. it yeah there's definitely those mm-hmm. on the you flip know. side though those filmmakers have got to be on the flip side they must be thrilled they must be thrilled <laughs> but anyway to go back to them oh by the way mm-hmm. uh, since you mentioned before yes. that you were a Trekkie and you guys just mentioned J.J. Abrams um, my friend Colin Hudson I'm sorry Colin Anderson came and did the podcast and I love all of it he's done every P.T. Anderson movie since there will be no blood kidding. Oh, but he's no. also done every single movie J.J. Abrams has ever made no kidding yeah Wow, um, including the wow. last Star Wars and all, all the Star Treks and everything. Yeah, so, yeah. so JJ's always behind him, shaking the hell out of the camera and like giving his, giving him a shoulder <laughs> ache and, and, and yeah. shining a, a flashlight, shining into, a flashlight his lens, into his lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah into yeah, his yeah. eyeballs. That's literally. It wasn't flashlights though. A lot sometimes it was bigger lights off off uh, out of out of view. Jeez. But anyway, you no, know, you might. Um, that's a shameless plug. You might sure. enjoy listening to his podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah. I will check that he's out. A few oh, I want to know ago. the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's terrific. Uh, b- brilliant, uh, brilliant guy. But anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted uh, you once again. Uh, what were we talking? Uh, film financing. Okay, so the third way, kind of the medium of uh-huh. uh, you know, but not sell your soul completely and don't have to hit up a rich uncle or a liquor store to 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 make <laughs> your movie. Um, Is liquor store an option? Let's start doing that. It's an option. I'm she sure it's legal. been done. Yeah, yeah, I'm true. sure it's been done. Hey, you know, Rodriguez sold his body to science that's in true. order he to did. make El, El Mariachi. That's that's true. Yeah. And that's he was true. sneaking into the, the TV station at night when nobody was there to cut it. Is that right? I didn't uh, know that part of the story. Uh, that's fine. He's one bad Mexican. He is one bad man. <laughs> she said Mexican. I did. Yeah, I, I can't say that. Yeah. She's, she can say that. Sexy, though. <laughs> he's, he's a Mexican-American. He, he yeah. is, that's right. I think he, he self-identifies that way. That's that's true. <laughs> it's it's um. I saw a license plate on like um like a giant Humvee once driving around L.A. that said one bad Mexican. I always wondered if that was him. No, it was Danny Trejo, I'm sure. That's maybe, a good point. Maybe, maybe. I mean, come yeah. on. Is there a more Let's be serious. Yeah. 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 Hey, um, do you guys need uh, nope. another drink? You need more water? No, I got plenty. Uh, you need more water, though, don't no, you? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. Okay, well, I was going to use you an excuse, but I need I need to oh. hit the bathroom and okay. get another drink. So, so we'll take a, we'll right, take so a so quick take a break. break for a minute. Sure. All right. Okay, In great. that case, I will cool. do that. Yeah. All right. I'm recording again. That was uh, some good kitty time. That was yes, good kitty time. Yes, I got to meet the uh, the beautiful lady. <laughs> the elusive Charlie. Of, of the house. Which is all. What were we going on about? Oh, film finance. Film and we were talking about your a, next film. There was a and, third, a third um, thing. I was curious where okay. you were going with it. Well, I mean, it's just basically what I usually do, what we usually do, which is kind of a little bit where you have your pre-sales people lined up. You have... Um, ideally your distribution people lined up you have your actors lined up and they're worth something and and this really only works if you also have a good script that you really truly believe in and then you take all of these pieces but instead of doing the actual pre-sales you 
take it to independent financing and you present basically the business package right. to them and hopefully you can get them you know you can you can do it to uh you know there are funds out there that uh help indie film there are competitions there's grants there's grants and then there's just do your research you know look up films kind of similar to yours on imdb similar in budget this also helps if you're not looking for that much if you're looking for like half a million dollars or less you look up movies like yours on imdb do some research look at those producers try to reach out to them and just try to pitch your film as the package that it is then try to make it make sense to money people Mm -hmm. or go out to people that you know can reach money people and treat them kind of like an agent and offer them a percentage usually it helps if it's a percentage on like off the top they get like two percent or something right yes usually you're gonna have to do a little better than two percent five to seven point five is the uh, really industry standard because they're bringing you money yeah, I get it. So it's a lot of money. Yeah, like it's a, a lot of money. Like a broker. Exactly. You're like a broker. You're mm-hmm. basically because the average um, agent that sells houses gets six percent, right? That's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. So five to seven point five. Yeah. Exactly. So well, you, uh, uh, arguably, a real estate agent does a lot less than somebody bringing you money. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. Because but this person Don't will have something to sell. Just like it's not a house, it's a script and an, and a package and an actor and distribution and sales and all of that and you, you know, yourself and your reputation, whatever film festival run you can. I mean, you can't guarantee anything, but whatever. This helps if you have a reputation. If you had a film that played well at a festival, won awards, you say, mm-hmm. well, you know, these festivals are waiting for my next film. Mm-hmm. Here's who's going to be in it. This is the script. This is going to do international sales. This is going to do domestic distribution. Here's the whole package. It's not a guarantee like pre-sales, but you can see how we did well before we are likely to do well again. Mm-hmm. It's the same team. And then you try to present it to independent money. Remember, there's a lot of people out there, Not usually not in L.A., but throughout the country, there are a lot of people out there who want to get into film because it's a glamorous Mm-hmm. Alluring, There's mystique to the mysterious. Industry. They also see box office numbers and yeah. get stars in their eyes. They do. Absolutely. Honestly, yeah. in indie film, it's more like you know, you put two fifty in, you make three fifty, right? And you play that game a few times. <laughs> sure. Hopefully, you get noticed by somebody bigger, and then you move mm-hmm. on to better things. But as long as you don't lose their money, yeah. At at the end of the day, you're not hurting them, and and everybody's okay. So usually, that's sort of the happy medium for me i mean nothing is perfect but if you know someone who might know people who are interested in film financing it behooves you to go to that person and offer them something concrete i'm not talking about like a bullshit this many points off the back end because we all know how that works that's 50 percent of 100 percent of the producer's share which is after the 120 percent roi of the investors that's nothing by right, the right, end right. of the day yeah. you know don't throw those around offer them something real up front up front right. off the top you get 7.5 percent you get five percent of however much money you bring in right away that's yeah, so if you bring 100 grand and yeah. you get five grand yeah exactly right. that's incentive that that's that's pretty. If you get two hundred, that's that's ten grand. That's pretty a, good. If yeah. you have a good Rolodex and uh, exactly and, and an ability to to just explain something and explain mm-hmm. a business plan and be friendly and nice to people. Exactly. Yeah. Advocate for yourself. Yeah. Be as good a business person as you are an artist and a creative. That's like the truest sales job ever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Give me your cash. Right. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to give to somebody else to make right. something. <laughs> right. And yes. in a year or two. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping to I'll, give you back more. That's right. I'll show you. Exactly. 
exactly. 20 extra percent. Right. <laughs> exactly. That person can be very important if you know that person. Sure. Usually it's another filmmaker friend who's gotten something made mm-hmm. who works in a genre that's not the same as yours. Usually that's that person mm. because usually they're paying off their last film. So they're not going to go and make another film themselves, but ooh, no, like I, 15 grand sounds really I've, good right now. I've known producers who have had a few different people mm-hmm. that they call. As a matter of fact, one was a friend of mine and I... I asked her once oh where do you get this money and she's mm-hmm. like she gave me this look like how dare you ask me that question <laughs> oh. no 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 and it wasn't it was like are you being ridiculous right now it was like top top secret right really top top well, yeah because yeah. if sure. somebody else yeah. finds out right this is where yeah. you get your money they'll call them right that is true exactly. and that is kind of a faux pas in indie filmmaking is you never give your financiers' names because it's a then they, for will, yourself. they will be yeah. mobbed, but also, yeah. but also they will be mobbed, mm. and um, because yeah, well, you want to have them for the next film. There are a lot of hungry filmmakers do, out yeah. there. If you're making money, you know, yeah. you want to, but you should also take believe care of each in other. yourself yeah. and that your reputation, and it's not just you know your relationship with them is so precious. You also have to. If you also prove that you, in fact, are a good filmmaker, right. you make good projects. Yeah. Your films make money. Your films win festivals and and you know and play internationally. Then you can be less insecure about your your um, yeah. Then you can be less insecure about your contacts. And usually, those are the people that are good to approach as your middle guy, as the person who's getting the cut. The, the people who are the filmmakers themselves who have the contacts but who are secure in, mm-hmm. in kind of like in, in their ability to get their next film made. Maybe they can help you out for, of course, a very generous fee. Right, right, That's, right. That's, right. to, to me, that as far as financing goes, those are basically the, the ways it's usually a variation of that. It's usually, you know, sometimes it's one person, oftentimes it's many people and, mm-hmm. you know, cutting different deals and and working out you know working out I've done those movies and seen things. them come yeah, to set you exactly. know with their family and exactly. you know they all they're all ear to ear grand so you know, wonderful which is cool. exactly and yeah. it's wonderful it's what indie film is there for yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of what ke- is keeping indie alive you well, know the little part of the set visit is part of what Exactly. That's you know, part they're of like, what oh, they're it'd be really fun yeah. to go and take the kids to exactly. the Exactly. Right. You know. Carpet and premiere, you know. And, oh, and, and they get all that like stuff, that. too, of exactly. course. Exactly, yeah. yeah sure. so. The poster for the office, yeah. the home office. You know, right, yeah. You know, you know I, heard, I heard years ago, uh, I, don't, I don't know how true this is anymore, if it was ever true, but I heard it's, it's easier to raise $10 million for a movie than 500000 Have you ever heard that? I've heard huh. versions of that. I don't think that's the case anymore, um, unless you're very well connected. Unless you're a very specific person, well, in which case, probably yes. It doesn't seem as as true to me anymore, just because they almost don't make any ten million dollar movies. Right? Yeah, you kind of think what, what it's movies easier were to make in that range. It's easier to raise ten million dollars than five hundred thousand dollars for a movie with the caveat being if you're best friends with Keanu Reeves and you were going to put Keanu Reeves in the $10 million movie and not in the 500000 movie. And then that Keanu, very specific scenario, absolutely, that is 100% true. No, I uh, obviously if you have somebody... Yeah. Um, for the film, the different... So it's it, there's a lot of chicken before the egg. It was interesting mm-hmm. how you're talking about you have pre-sales set up, yeah. but yes. not really, but mm-hmm. then you have... So you're telling these people... 
I have these people, but you're telling them if I have you, I've got them, and yeah. it's right. a lot of ifs. It's a lot of juggling. It's a lot of juggling. Right, yeah. and and so my my feeling is like, okay, you either you have a star, and then you get the ten million, yeah. or you have a. Or if star, then ten million deal. Yeah. So you go mm-hmm. to the star and you say, "I have ten million. <laughs> you really hope they're one free. million of which I'll give to you, or yeah, whatever, right. whatever your numbers are." You or know? And, you know, or in, in, you just have a somewhat recognizable television guy who's hot off of a show, mm. who is worth I don't know four hundred thousand, and so you go and raise two hundred thousand to make a movie. You never nobody's going to get rich, but nobody's going to get burned. Yeah, that's usually the what it actually is. You know, that's right. usually like the, the the best case scenario where no one's a runaway success because so many people get burned in indie film as well. And that's mm. what you want to avoid. Just go into, if you can go into it with the with the mentality, how do I just not lose every, any, somebody their money? Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. first step. Yeah. You know, worry about the fame and fortune and millions and millions later. How do I just not burn? Well, that's got to be a part of it. I mean, if you want to have a career as a filmmaker, yeah. whether mm-hmm. it be actor, producer, director, producer, whatever, mm-hmm. um, going into that, you have to you have to say we're going to make a good piece, mm-hmm. and secondarily, mm-hmm. maybe I don't know how mm-hmm. you it's, judge it, but secondarily, we're going to try to yeah. be as honest financially as we yes. can and it's responsible true, as we you, can. Yeah, you want to be responsible. You don't want to mislead anybody. You yeah. you know and, you need to let everybody know it's it is high risk, but it's potentially high reward. But you yeah. got to be real about potentially. That. Yeah. But we're going to cover your ass as much. Yeah, as we exactly, can. exactly. We'll try yeah. to cover your investment. Right. Hopefully, worst case scenarios, you'll make a little bit of money, right? And not as exactly. much as you'd hoped. Exactly. Yes. Worst right. case. Exactly. Yeah. Worst yeah. case scenario. That's if, the best. We can try again. If worst you can case align scenario. the stars that way, then you've won. Because I've exactly. worked on a couple of movies that never did anything at all. I no mean, anything. Nobody bought them. Yeah. I've heard of movies. Yeah, exactly. The movies that never get distributed. Those get movies truly yeah. don't ever see the light of day. And it is sad when that happens because it it's happens. never easy to make a movie. It's never cheap to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So you don't ever want to see something stillborn like that yeah uh, but it does happen and that's where also you as a filmmaker you as an artist have to bear some responsibility in that yes it is art and art should be enough in and of itself but it's also commerce so that movie that you're about to make that you're raising money for if it's you know if it's all you know like mute russian interpretive dance you know, with mm-hmm. with no market value and just you know with, with very niche appeal, then right. you do owe your financiers their money back. I uh, yeah, I get it. So, if you don't, if you don't have something yeah. that interests people, you you at exactly. least need you, at the I, very li- at the very least a gimmick. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Come up with something. I've seen that's gimmick gonna movies that probably made money. For sure. example, yes. there's a. Um, um, a, a single shot Steadicam uh, movie. Is this Russian Russian art? Russian art. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. it? Fantastic. I mean, you liked it. I I, I don't understand enough about Russian art history uh-huh. to have gotten everything out of it. I'll be totally honest. But I was so captivated by what I was experiencing that I did really like the. Film. Oh, that's good. Okay. Impressed. Yeah. I saw it with. Um, I saw it right when it was coming out with the guy from Germany who shot it and did the steadicam oh wow came to the u.s and we had a screening of like for like 40 people yeah excuse me um i stood the whole time and watched it because there weren't enough chairs (laughs) 
Um, I thought the SETI cam was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the movie's about. I don't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't have a clue. Nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's a matter. hole in my education. But that movie probably made money. Probably. And the director got really pissed that that Tillman Bootner, the, the, the guy who shot it, he got all this credit. And the director started shitting on him in the press. Really? Oh. Why? Uh-huh. he got insecure about the credit? I don't know. Well, it's been a long time, yeah. so I don't know. I don't remember all the details. Interesting. But, and obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know sure. all the intricacies, but I do know they had a, a kind of a public spat and the director was like, oh, he didn't do anything and this and that, and like, I did it all. And What, what did know. they shoot that on? I mean, they shot that with an F900, but how did they shoot that it was essentially a prototype they called it a director's friend if okay. memory serves it ran cables off the camera and onto a backpack held by essentially like a dolly grip yeah who ran behind the camera the whole way i think it was like a 50 pound thing oh my god it, was like I mean, it had to ju- have because those tapes only held what 48 minutes at something like that 45 yeah if memory serves yeah. you might be right 40 but um uh yeah so it was like a prototype like hard drive situation wow um that had never been done i'd never yeah i'd never seen anything like that and i think they only got three takes yeah the first one was blown very early the second one something went wrong with the the director's friend at like minute 47 oh mm. like well, halfway least... through yeah Jeez. and then i think it's like 81 minutes or so, yeah. somewhere like that 85 yeah. and then the third one is the only take they got that went the whole way. Well, that all was they it. need is one. <laughs> yeah, well, you're true. Doing with one a movie take, like that, all, all you need, need is, is one. one. Yeah. Well, that, interesting. They there's that whole um, there's that music scene where they're they're all dancing and right. the band is playing, and um, they're on their way there. The whole movie's dubbed, by the way. Okay, they, I buy they that. didn't even record because those cameras are really noisy. It's no, it wasn't about that. Yeah. They talk so much to each other, the crew. Oh, that, that they, makes sense. They couldn't even bother recording. They might have recorded it just like as a scratch track. Sure, yeah. But um, they knew they were going to ADR it because yeah. he was the DP. Yeah. So there's stuff happening an hour from now right. that's lit. Yeah. So, for example, he's he's like 10 minutes from the ballroom scene. Yeah. And one of the lighting balloons they had, they had two lighting balloons in there. One yeah. of them went out. Oh shit! Mm. And there's not enough time to pull it down and no. fix it. No. So they're like, "What are you gonna do?" Yeah. So he's literally operating the camera, telling them what to do. Oh my god! While these while these actors are performing, these extras are performing in front of. While they're no, even before that, the there might have been dialogue right into yeah. you know or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, he kind of plays a character in the film. <laughs> yeah, hey, very much. So. And and so. Um, Anyway, I, I just found that fascinating. His that his gaffer and there were other lighting guys in the crowds and all around in costume with light light meters. Yeah, constantly metering, and telling the the assistant where to where to put the aperture all the, the whole time. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's fascinating. If the technology were available, Hitchcock would have beat him to it, I think. But otherwise, for it's, sure, it's, it's 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 incredible. I mean, just what they pulled off is for, amazing. For sure, and you know. Essentially, now there's there's no reason you have to have a pretty fucking good reason to do like a single shot film now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Wasn't because, Elizabeth Olsen Olsen in one? Uh, Elizabeth years Olsen ago? did it was a, a, horror film? a single take, a single shot horror film was called it a, Silent a House. A true single take, or was it cheated? I don't, I don't know. I actually mm-hmm. have not seen okay. it, but I, I understand it was a single, single shot. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pre or post. This is pre her involvement in the MCU. Sorry. 
pre or post Russian arc? Post Russian oh, arc. Post. Oh, she in the she's in the Marvel. Yeah, stuff? she's, she's Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. I like her acting. I just oh, didn't she, know she yeah. was in that. Yeah, she's terrific. Yeah. <laughs> I saw her, what was uh, Mary Marcy Marlene. Maybe, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, she's fantastic. I could have told you until you said it. Now I'm confused. Now I screwed you up. What the title Sorry. is? Sorry, that's okay. She's she's good in everything. She is. She's um, terrific. Yeah, but uh, so post Russian arc. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it? Oh, you didn't see it though. No. Yeah, no Heard shame. about it? Yeah. All right. It it got some attention for the one take. Of course. There's a there's a there's a film that actually we just saw um, called One Cut of the Dead, that is a film out of Japan. Yes, and it it starts with a about a twenty five or thirty minute single take. It's an amazing film. We is highly it? recommend uh, this. Highly recommend and, What's it uh, called? One, One Cut of the Dead. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't usually recommend films to people because I I get sometimes annoyed when people do that to me. But this one I will stake my reputation yeah, on it's a great, great this film. is a good one really? watch it it's just such a crowd pleaser in, in, but okay they, yeah as they, in, it, it, it's a film that just makes it's, you it's happy. for every, yeah it's, it's for, for everyone. everyone yeah um but okay. uh, it starts with a, it starts but it's with a, not, is it a horror film it is uh it's a yeah. horror it's a comedy horror comedy oh okay yes. so right. it's yes. oh you asked me before favorite horror film probably Shaun of the dead oh there you go me okay too. yeah good. that's but, what i was but, say yours me too. too yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm down with that yeah i'm down with that but it's true but it has a this it's so charming and it has so wonderful is it in japanese it is it is in japanese it is it's a subtitle Okay. Subtitled. Um, but the setup is like a thirty-minute one take. Yeah. Okay. Of, yeah. of a of a film crew filming a zombie movie when real zombies attack. That's the setup. That's in the, the first. Setup. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, the first and, thirty minutes, and it's all done and in the single take. And that's all we can tell the, you. Yeah, I don't want to tell and you anymore. And then magic. And then just, it's just amazing. Just really? wonderful. Yeah. Just makes you feel good about life and yourself stuff. Oh, that's cool. Believe it or yeah. not. That's really and cool. And a love letter to filmmaking. Yeah, very much. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A love letter to indie filmmaking. Oh, I, I got to I gotta yeah. check it out. You yeah, have yeah. to watch it. It's 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 difficult to get a hold of, but they will release it, it here. Just, it played, it's, like, it yeah, won it's, South By. Oh, it did? Yeah, last one, year, yeah, I think, last year or something. Played, or like, it's fantastic that's fest, good. Or it's, fan, fantastic Fest, yeah. It's that good. It's been picked up. Why right? do you think that happens that much, these, these movies that are so good that don't spread? I kind of get the subtitled bit of it. Um, yeah. When they're yeah. foreign, that's usually why. Okay, but yeah. I, you know when you when you the way you're talking about this movie reminds me of how I talk about me Earl and the Dying Girl. Yeah. Yes. And you know I saw that in the theater with people. It was gone a week later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. And so well done. I don't know. You you guys don't look like you agree as much as I. No, do. No, no, I, I, I do. do. I, oh, no, okay. I like. Yeah. I no, I'm thinking <laughs> about your question, which is why do you think that is? That's I why I look pensive. I just know so few people who have actually seen the film. Yeah. And <laughs> the he, cats. The cats putting on a show. The cat is. Um, <laughs> I, I I always wonder. For me, I always wonder if it just boils down to marketing. If yeah. Some Last marketing time, folks something can't like that. It was Shaun it. of the Dead, and that was that was in English, and I think that helps. I think. You know, we're film people and we're in LA, but the mass market, I, oh. I guess they're maybe afraid to allocate that many theaters to a subtitled film because they're not going to make their margin quote, quota or something. Yeah, but it's not even about the, my opinion, the, the amount of mm-hmm. theaters now because it almost doesn't mean shit now because you can go to Netflix right. or wherever. Exactly. Yeah. But then, uh, but no. then marketing it. 
I, I get it, you but my, my point is, okay, and you're probably right, but mm-hmm. my point was slightly different. Mm-hmm. It's like when there's something, for example, Office Space. Sure. Have you seen mm-hmm. Office oh, Space? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah sure, sure. Okay, so 90% of the people listening right now yeah. have seen Office Space. Yeah. Of course, yeah. How many saw it in the theater? That's a, oh. that's a good point. Roughly yeah. 12. No. I was going to say, it picked I up all, not, its yeah. whole life right. on home video. Everything that happened after was all DVD, yeah. and Comedy Central yeah. ran it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's a brilliant film. Yeah. And so to your point, there was probably a big marketing issue. And Mike mm-hmm. Judge kind of says they shit, the studio shit all over it when they released it and stuff. Well, and didn't they put it out in the middle of, like it was right after Star Wars, The Phantom Menace and The yeah, Matrix. Yeah, they did not the give Sixth that one a chance. I mean, it was I a think, huge yeah. summer and they just kind of jammed right. it. Do I, am I, maybe I'm remembering that I wrong, don't know the exact timeline. Could but, have been t- but timing he, was a problem. He was not happy how they marketed it mm-hmm. when they released it. Yeah. He wasn't happy with that stuff. Yeah. They basically buried it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember mm-hmm. but but the point being like regardless of that it's a really good film and it found its life yeah mm-hmm. but I would argue okay it's a different genre but me Earl and the Dying Girl is in the same mm-hmm. league deserves the same office. sort yeah. of like it should be discovered right so why hasn't it been yeah because it's been years yeah you know and I, I mention it to people and they're like oh I'm like it's so great you gotta <laughs> see it and they're like okay and you know that means I'll forget it in five minutes. Right, you know? right. Maybe it's because, because I remember when Office Space came out and we all heard about it and then we all saw it. It was during an era where not as much was bogarting our attention That's as true. there is now. Now those movies have to compete with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, YouTube, video games, mm-hmm. Instagram, the Kardashians and whatever reality ar- show you're interested in yeah. and studio films and network television. It's like, I think there's just so many options now that things, it's just so much easier for things to fall to the side. Whereas back when, like... It, I, I get it, I, but, I but, but there's still a hundred million people who watched Bird Box on Netflix or whatever the number is. is that you right? Know? Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact huge, number. But big numbers. But I know there are movies that are... That I, are, yeah, yeah, I think if you get on the right platform, over seventy-five million, they've had multiples. Yeah, seventy-five I, million people that are just subscribers of Netflix, right. so yeah. just know, individuals who they only have one hundred thirty-seven. Yeah, Murder Mystery, that new Adam Sandler movie, did like huge 30, numbers, right? right? Thirty-four yeah. million or something in the first three days. It was something right. insane. It's like, crazy. Yeah, right. So my point being, there's still. I get that there's 8,000 things to look at yeah. and to do, yeah. but like the good ones get hunted they down. You would, get, you would yeah. hope so that that's the case, but I've seen good ones fall through the cracks too. Yeah. Yeah. We've all seen I it. Guess. It's just because some executives somewhere decided not to market that one because it's not as easy to market. I mean, they may even make it onto Netflix, but if Netflix doesn't do their push and, and start recommending it to everyone, putting it up front, mm-hmm. it's not going to find its audience as easily. And believe me, I've agonized over this. Mm-hmm. This this um, I've agonized over this um, well, issue. There's always, and this, there's always the factor of luck, and I think that's something we hate to admit. But I, there's yeah. always the luck factor. This industry's built on that's luck. true. Is, which is that yeah. you know uh, you know I've always heard there's very compelling argument that the reason that the original Star Wars became the cultural phenomenon in the United States that it became was uh, just sort of the timing of it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, ca- it came out a couple years after the end of the Vietnam War. Uh, political tensions, cultural tensions in the people in wanted the a break. They did, and they right. wanted their bad guy in black, and their good guy in white, and their plucky heroes, and you right. know, all that stuff. And the and lovable space was a really new thing yeah. in the U.S. Right? Yeah, and the so the effects. Ten years. Yeah, the effects were fun. The universe mm-hmm. was lived in, and and because of the timing of it, and the, just that, I mean, that makes it oh, lucky. Well, uh, it's and it's not to say it's not a great film. See, Obviously, it is, but the, right. I think the luck is. But huge luck part of what we're talking about. Yeah. Yes, luck, luck and, and timing. timing. And with more and more things saturating the market, luck and timing are getting harder and harder to come by. Yeah. Because here's one thing that we do with the films that we make, which is that we play the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of good movies, charming, oh, sweet yeah. little movies, movies that people poured their hearts into, funny movies, movies that are just, that really made me happy, right. never see the light of day. Yeah. Right. Like, I can't even recommend it to someone because I wouldn't even be able to tell you where to find, where to it, find because it because it's nowhere. Right, it played it that exist. one festival yeah. and then it was gone. Nobody picked it up. I have an example of this. I saw a film called The American Astronaut. Um, no. The American Astronaut? I think. See, I can hardly remember that. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. I think I saw it's Sundance in like 01? Oh, and it never got picked up? It never got picked up? No. Wow. Yeah. And it's Out a... Sundance. It's a... It's a mostly black and white musical set in space and they all kind of look like coal miners and the music's fucking brilliant and the director writer producer star wrote all the music Mm. he's a genius yeah Mm -hmm. and i i think a few years ago i was looking around for it and um I think he has a website now, and he'll sell you a copy of it. But, yeah. but it's it's one of the, it was the biggest hit of Sundance that year. That's amazing. And no one picked it up. Nobody and no one, bought nobody it. touched it. Nobody wow. bought it because, and this goes back to what you were saying. The marketing people look at it and go, "Fuck! How do how we market we, this? How do we market? There are this? no stars in it except for a few yeah. scenes. It's all in black and white. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Which they don't want to show in the trailer. No. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. they're afraid that'll turn people off. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think is true. I don't think it's true either. But, I don't think it's true either. But we went person. through that with the fair because uh, the fair is a homage, uh, a paying homage to the Twilight Zone. So the first twenty five minutes are in black and white, and we had a fight with our foreign salespeople about whether or not we could show that in the trailer. And I was like, "That's where you set up the plot." But did you did you shoot it in black and white? We did not. We did not. We colored it in black and white, but we didn't. We're, we're a small film. We didn't have the... We thought about that. We didn't have the money left in the budget to recolor it. To recolorize the... Yeah. the Sometimes it really comes down to that for an indie film. We, okay, but you still got distribution. Yes. I did, we did. Because I know, I know people who... Yeah. Their second film, they shot in Italy on a shoestring. Yeah. Mm. Very tiny little crew. And... They shot it in color, but with the intention of going black and white. They would even use certain colors that they look different in the grayscale. Mm. So it'd be like green and yellow. Right. You know, but they would never be wearing that in that restaurant, right. but they're wearing that right. for the, for you the, know, for the, the black contrast and white. for the black and white. It was yeah. always going to be black and white. That's brilliant. And the foreign. I. Uh, Made I them, don't know if it was the only one, but they made them colorize, colorize it. it. Yeah. yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, they had a big that big fight. Uh, although uh, you can get it in black and white now, but mm-hmm. the original release was color. You know, it's it's that's that's what happens. It's tough. I mean, it, you it's, have it's, to deal with the commerce version uh, part of this industry, and the do. commerce version part of this industry does not care about. Did, it's did it, that stuff go into your guy going into the film 
knowing you wanted to shoot black and white. Yeah. Did that did that go into your in other words, in other words, if you had thought about later the foreign people are going to hate the black and white, would you have still have shot mm, yes, black and white? Yes, because here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we shot this film specifically uh, so that it would have the festival run that it has. And, you know, they can the foreign could say... The thing is, you need something to say back to them. And we can also we can always say, yeah, but it won this festival, you know, this award, and um, that's a pretty big deal. So just put that in the trailer. you got to give them something to sell. Right. In our case... The foreign people had other selling points that they could rely on. Unfortunately, most of the movie was in color. Only the first act was in black and white, and the black and white was for specific story purposes, kind of like that movie Pleasantville. So they were just able to sell it that way. Right, okay. But they were able to reassure, they made sure that the first shot of the trailer wasn't in black and white. We actually had, we actually recolored one shot where it was black and white going into color. I don't think that shot isn't it's, it's, not, it's, not, in the, it's not that way in the film, but we just see we're gonna go into color and it's <laughs> gonna be a story purpose behind it. Yeah. So don't freak oh, to, out. To let the audience know. To let know. the audience yeah. know, to reassure the, whole the audience. Not in black yeah, and white, exactly. Right. Most a lot of That's uh, pretty smart of you yeah, actually for the, that, to, yeah. to do for the trailer. Yeah. There are often shots that are in trailers that are not yes. in, in oh. films. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I think that happens now more often than it doesn't happen. You think oh, so? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember the on, first time for the right that, kind of movies. Yeah, the, right. I remember the first time that happened that I noticed it was um, in 1998 when Godzilla came out. Yes, the entire teaser of Roland Emmerich's Godzilla was not in the movie. I think they shot it specifically. They shot for, it specifically for the for teaser. teaser. Oh, they, it was they a, shot and that it. was the right. first time I remember it being yeah. done. But now it happens all the time. It was a pretty great. It was a pretty great sequence of yeah. a. Uh, a, a elementary yes. school class walking around a, a the, natural, the history natural history museum in new york and then it's not, just not in the movie it's, it's not, not the movie, movie at all and this this old guy this curator is walking around showing showing these kids and all these skeletons like, and he shows the them a t-rex is the biggest thing that's ever lived the on biggest, the planet yeah, the or biggest something predator like, to ever roam the planet yeah. and then a giant godzilla foot comes in and crushes them uh, the, yeah. from the roof and crushes oh, it was a great teaser i was looking for it in the movie do you think maybe they shot it for the movie probably realized, got cut yeah yeah probably got cut but it's such a great standalone scene maybe i don't know there was maybe yeah i think sometimes i think it's a practice that they don't do anymore but uh, i remember the um uh first sam raimi spider-man had a sequence that i don't believe was meant to be in the movie where was and, the, the twin, and they, it the was twin towers where uh, yeah you see these bank yeah. robbers you don't know what the movie is at first and again this is two this trailer started running in 2000 before mm-hmm. the onslaught of comic book movies so you don't naturally assume comic book movie at this point um Mm. Some bank robbers are uh, is making their escape with all this cash off from this bank they just robbed. They go to the rooftop building, they climb into a helicopter, they're flying through the streets of New York, and then something grabs them from behind and starts pulling them backward. And then pretty soon they find themselves stuck in a web, and the camera backs up, and you realize that there's a giant spider web strung up between the two towers of the World Trade Center. Oh, and it I was vaguely a remember very that. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a very was a cool great teaser. way to tease Spider-Man, they, but that was like a short film on itself, you know? Y- yeah. And it was and they, a sequence that, plot-wise, they never needed to use for the movie. It was, yeah. <laughs> That's my neighbor's car. It's very loud. Oh, okay. so I was going to say, did Sorry, your neighbor drive a Hummer? But it was, it, it was, it was a very cool, but you're right, it was a short film and mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was a very cool, but I just, Ooh. yeah, I, don't, I think it's a practice. Oh, that's a motorcycle. Anymore. Wow. Okay. Yeah. One somebody, neighbor has a very loud motorcycle. Somebody one needed has some attention. <laughs> yeah. the, the motorcycle guy is a little more 
that yeah. than the uh, car guy. The car guy keeps it chill. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the South Park episode about the motorcycles making all the noise. <laughs> it's nothing I could ever repeat on a podcast, even an R-rated one. Oh, but, you could. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. It's but brilliant. Uh, seek that episode out if you've not seen it. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's interesting. That we're talking, and a bucket of chicken that it features. It's interesting. We were talking. <laughs> we were talking before before we started rolling. We were talking about uh, the Russo brothers. Yeah, and we were talking about the yeah because you worked on up all because I worked on up all night right. and um, the Russos in, in or I don't know if it's specifically them but the Marvel films have started to put shots in the trailers that are intentionally misleading that are not in the film because they know that audiences now pull these things apart yes, and, and mine them for clues so Infinity they put shots that aren't that makes in the sense. Movie Infinity all. War had a shot at the end of the trailer had a shot of all of the Avengers running towards something right. and none of the, the, all of the Avengers were never together in Infinity War. Yeah. That was obviously a CG it shot. A, it was a shot that they created just for that yeah. trailer. Right. And they've started doing that a lot and they've and they fessed up to it. Yeah, we, we can't believe anything guys. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's clever. There's though. no it's trust. Good. Well, there's no trust, but also they're trying to preserve the secrets of the we're movie. We're gonna go yeah. see it. Yeah. I mean, what it's Infinity War. How hard do you have to work to market that movie? You know that those movies aren't, uh, as I've mentioned many times before, are not necessarily my cup of tea. But mm-hmm. but I find that kind of charming. Yeah. And I and I bet the I bet the the kind of audience they're looking for does too. Oh yeah. yeah. You know? It's fan so. service and we as fans appreciate yeah, fan I think service. So it's it's fun to be surprised. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even though you want to know everything right now. Yeah. yeah. Right, which they take they take all that and flip it on its head, which yeah. is kind of fun. Which is very funny to me, I think. Yeah. Did you know I think it was Joe who directed some up all nights. Mm-hmm. Did you know Joe or I met, you were in the office mostly? I was so. mostly in the office. I did some art department work for them. I was mostly in the office. Uh I did uh props and and some production uh drawings um I, I met joe a couple of times i didn't really know him very well oh okay yeah oh yeah but you i think have... i was telling you ron baldwin had some interesting yeah. an interesting story about <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Speaking> <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I don't know if we should end on this but uh speaking of your days as a uh art department guy and a prop guy you have to tell the story of the weirdest thing you've ever been asked oh, yeah, to create. that's right. Um, a, a piece of, because DC is a great artist, uh, and he has created a lot of art for a lot of movies and TV shows. This, yeah, all right, so. But uh, this is, takes this the is your cake. Favorite. Oh, this is such a good story. Oh, okay. So this is, this is the, 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 the I would um, say the weirdest thing you've ever been asked to create. I, I believe, I, I'm, this was all many years ago, so I'm, I might be confusing some of the shows, but I, I believe that it was the prop master on on Up All Night. Uh-huh. Uh, she she went on to do the final few seasons of Weeds okay. on Showtime, and uh, she she called me up one day out of the blue. She's getting they're getting in toward the final episodes of the final season of Weeds. She calls me up, and uh, and I'd not heard from her in a while. She said, "Hey, do you think you could do? Uh, we, we need a, a cover for a porno movie." Do you think you could do a, a piece of artwork for the DVD cover of this porno film that one of our characters interacts with? Said, but they I, want this drawn. And I, yeah, and I said, I said, well, what do you want? And she said, you know, we want a drawing. And I said, okay, well, what is it? And she What's said, the porno? Yeah, it's um, it's called Shark Fuckers, <laughs> and it's about it's about people that get off having sex. Um, underwater while in like shark cages sharks. while diving with sharks the the but more so, the more dangerous the more arousing apparently but it's so misleading and because that's not really shark they're not fuckers. really they're not really fucking it's the sharks it's fucking 
shark adjacent. Yeah, it's far, yeah, shark, shark adjacent. adjacent. Yeah, exactly. So then have the same ring to it, I guess. But uh, <laughs> so I just I just remember you know, and I I said, well, I'll send you some proofs you know i'll send you some concepts so, so you I remember, sketched out like, sketching out like like all kinds of different ways that people could fuck next yeah, exactly. to sharks it was just uh, how many different ways like okay they're doggy style underwater with a shark back here <laughs> you know and then i'm sending her these things i'm like is it hard you... to figure out where to put the shark in every it was, in, it was image yeah because yeah. are these people in like a cage and then what well, yeah they were in it they were in a okay. I, no i don't know if they were in a shark cage i send one in and she's like okay it's this one they want they want this one but you gotta add some blood make it so that like they're bleeding you know, from like, like they cut from themselves, like, like they cut themselves, like to, to lure in the shark, sharks, and they're still fucking, and, and they're oh, still underwater. Done it on purpose, yeah. right? And, and they're like, still underwater. Wow, and the weird. Sharks and it's them. like, what the? Yeah. Fuck Did they is have face masks? <laughs> they had face masks and snorkels, and then they're okay. just fucking underwater. Snorkels, was, yeah. Which makes no sense. <laughs> no, sense. None of this but makes they any snorkels. sense. They wanted yeah. snorkels. Okay, so they wanted to be super goofy. They wanted to be super strange. And did you ever watch the episode? I did see the I saw the clip can I ask you how much they pay for something like that (laughs) how much do shark fuckers (laughs) I'm trying to think how much did I mean I made a couple I I don't know 500 bucks or something like that really yeah It was like it a was small like job. For the amount of work you do on it, yeah. not much uh, yeah, money. Yeah, but this was no, a hand, this was like a giant. This was not like it was a quick throw. Because you job. created oh, okay. the uh, yeah. all of the like the art pieces in that club and up all night that the guy had of him. And those paid a lot better. Yeah, uh, I had to do um, that, and I, I forget the artist's name on Up All Night. Uh, in in the 1980s, there was that there was that artist that people loved his artwork. He had these uh, like drawings. Of people that were like they had white skin and thick ink outlines. Do you know what I'm talking about? This very stylized sort of 80s it's like look. The, this 80s it was always it was always women with short hair and sunglasses and like one piece. I know what you're talking swimsuits about. Swimsuits and basically very colorful, but they always had white skin and wait, he, he, red he, lips. But he was a photographer. Or he was he was an artist, an artist he was that I think he yeah. took these pictures and then he would yeah. print them in this special. I don't remember. Way. No. Anyway, it, it's it's uh, so Christy Amontopoulos, the uh, an actor who was on Up All Night, uh, his character apparently had a bunch of these uh, pieces of artwork of himself. So in they, so they, in his, yeah, in his like and, lounge and or whatever. You created all of those, so they asked right? me to create all these. So I'm like, they give me all these like photographs of him, and I have to make them look like, like this as douchey and <laughs> just like this. Make it look really yeah, douchey, yeah, yeah, like, ball, like, like you really, yeah, yeah very yeah. cheese ball. Yeah. So I still have those somewhere. <laughs> those are oh, really? You you got to keep them? Uh, I got to keep smaller proofs of them. The full size I didn't keep. Yeah, but yeah. but shark fuckers, I think, takes the cake for just story. Oh yeah. How long did it take you? I don't remember. It's it's. I blocked most of that experience have, out because it's. You, but you're talking about a few time? hours, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I think it was like a. Yeah, it was, it was an afternoon. Of once I settled on what it was going to look like, it was an afternoon. Okay. Do you still have the original? I think I do still have the original somewhere. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got her thinking. She's gonna. She's gonna get a frame on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> you'll find the, that. I was thinking. The producers of Weeds are like, oh yeah, that thing, that was yeah, weird. That was just, is <laughs> that, what were we thinking? Is that really a thing though? Is that really a subgenre of porn? I, I have never, I can't I say mean, I've ever looked into shark stuff out pornography. There, but uh, wow. Yeah. You know, almost everything's been done, but I doubt that, <laughs> especially <laughs> yeah, with snorkels, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that would be a snuff film. That would be, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, apparently now, I mean, the, the way the way the internet's gone, uh, uh, you can get anything you want. Anything. As a matter of fact, I'm watching this show. Um, have you seen? Oh God, um, um, it's an HBO show. Um, it's first season. 
Zendaya stars mm. in it. Oh, Euphoria. 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 Jeez, yes. why did I forget? I've I just heard it's amazing. The, the next yeah. episode last night. I've heard it's incredible. I haven't seen it. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great. Zendaya is, first of all, they're casting whoever cast this movie. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. And she is the star of this show. She's so good. She's terrific. Mm. And then everybody else is great. <laughs> um, Maude Apatow's in it. Is that right? Oh, yeah. really? She's great, she's grown too. up now. She's, she's not in it up. that much, but yeah. she's really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all their actors, they're just so... And they're young, you know? Yeah. It got a lot of attention because there's one episode that has like 30 dicks in it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a lot of, I mean... <clears throat> apparently, they're, I think most of them are prosthetic. That's and, quite an excessive I mean, how many amount. dicks is too many dicks? I mean... Depending I, I on depends the... Depends who you ask. Uh, no, yeah. I think it depends on the circumstance. That's, yeah. And who you ask? Because <laughs> if you ask me, I you know mine is plenty, you know. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so um, uh, I, I forget why I brought that up. Um, uh, why did I bring that up? We we're talking about sure. uh, fetishes, porn fetishes. Oh, porn stuff. That's yeah. right. So there's a girl on here who is supposed to be, I think, a senior in high school, at least a junior. She's be seventeen, eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes on like Pornhub or one of these things and she creates an account and she starts well, okay, it starts out with a with an anonymous sex tape that someone takes of her oh, and God. puts mm. onto the thing. Oh. Yeah. Which seems horrible. Right. But she all these people post below like she's so hot, who is she? I wonder where she is and all this stuff. So she's like, hmm. Oh, she gets into it. Yeah, so she puts a mask on and she and she gets into it a little huh. and she starts these guys will text her and say like or message her and say mm-hmm. $300 for 30 minutes and mostly what she does is talk shit to him and wear her mask and mm. and she doesn't even really get naked you know what I mean yeah. like anyway my point being um, number one it's an interesting social situation it's something that's literally happening yeah mm-hmm. which is crazy yeah um and nobody can get their head around yet because it's all so new and yeah. happening but but it's an interesting um um just kind of look at the world and yeah. and and the idea that like it's personalized porn <laughs> yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. oh yeah Oh yeah. Um, anyway, it's a strange, strange world we found ourselves living in. It is, truly. and also the law has not caught up with the technology. No, I don't think yet, the law has know, caught you, up with it. You hear these cases of these mm-hmm. teenagers getting in trouble and becoming sex offenders because they send a naked photo of themselves to their also teenager boyfriend, but technically that's kitty porn, you know. This is it, involved in euphoria too. There's some yeah. blackmail involved because technically I, I won't go she's into breaking up because details. she's purveying, you know, if she is herself under underage that also makes her a maker of uh child pornography mm. you know that or it could be a lot of kids are getting into distribution trouble. of pornography yeah distribution yeah. of it it's that, a felony. that's a, it's a felony. Really of, of, sorry of, of child pornography yeah of child yeah. pornography exactly right. so yeah. a lot of kids are getting in trouble these days sexting which each is, other which is really ridiculous let's yeah be like like the law really needs to catch yeah. up to like that part of technology and and kind of youth culture is just moved beyond that and we need to figure out a different way to categorize it it's just i get the feeling um that a lot of those are blown up for the media's sake probably and that what normally happens is this is a scare tactic too and right Right. and they Mm -hmm. really get nothing they do 50 hours community service or or a little counseling or whatever the thing might be and that's it but um but but the fact that it's even a possibility that you could 
your own taking your own photo and sending it to someone could be, a could, felony. could be a Super felony bizarre. because right. of who you are yeah. right i don't know yeah it, it, it's a sticky situation i actually don't really know what the answer is i there. think people are scared to death to lighten these regulations mm-hmm. or the laws right because they assume it's a slippery slope into right well they don't want to accidentally lighten something to a point where somebody can take advantage of it right right so and when the kids are involved right exactly so i think they make a big display of it which in the long run is probably good because look if you don't want your naked photo on the internet do not take a naked (laughs) photo Period. We yeah, all yeah. know this. Oh, if yeah. you don't know this, you're not paying attention. I used to. I, I, I'm sure they would love me for sharing this, but I used to tell all of my actor friends this in college: don't don't take naked photos. Don't take don't take sex tapes. Just don't do it because you're all actors, and if any of you if any of you are successful, that will be a real liability for you someday. Yeah, I don't I don't think they like hearing that. No, if you don't want to see it in 20 years, don't do it. That's now. right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, or 10 or five. here's my exactly. version of that. If you have to, if if that's something that you believe that um, you have to just get out, that's if that's an experience you must have, find a way to do it in a film. Oh, <laughs> no, no, like like make it part of the narrative of a of movie, movie that oh. you make. Are you talking you know, some like Donald Sutherland, Julie Christie did? No, I'm just saying not? if you have to get naked or make a sex tape, make a short film instead of submit it to film festivals. <laughs> now it's art. Now it's art. <laughs> And no one Make could sure ever call you out over on it. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. No, I, you, there's there's a thing in Euphoria where I think um, there's a little bit of voiceover by Zendaya, and she says something to the effect of, "We are the sex the no, not the sex tape, but we all take naked selfies and send them to each other. Get over it, hmm. mm-hmm. um, because people my age and especially older." Look at that! I'm like, oh my right. goodness! Oh my word! That's right. just what right. kids do these days. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. I don't, I don't really give a shit, you know. But um, as long uh, as they're sending it to each other and not to like their 40 year old teacher, I'm fine with it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really, I don't really care. But it, but if, but if, if your plan is I'm going to take naked selfies, send them to boyfriends or or friends or whatever, yeah. and they're never going to get on the internet. Yeah, yeah. You're dreaming. You're you lying yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So if you don't care, and I think part of the, you know, it's funny. I'm going to tie these two things together. You mentioned the, uh, uh, um, oh, the fuck, the Patriot Act, and they're listening yeah. on our phones. The, yeah. N, the NSA. NSA. Jesus, yeah. my brain. Uh, <laughs> I'll have another drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Um, so I always said when the NSA was collecting all that information, I said, look, it doesn't matter. Like. Okay, I don't want them recording everything I do on my phone. Right. I don't. But, like, if they're doing it to everybody, they're just diluting the pond. It's, it's true. You know, it's the biggest ocean ever. And yeah. to find my shit. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not going to say anything, hopefully. Right. Yeah, I right. don't think I mean, most that is of the fear, right? Yeah. That you say the wrong combination of words and it's, it alerts the world or it's whatever. It's true. But, but most likely, yeah. there, no one's ever really going to listen to what I, I said. or I'm probably generally, under the generally impression I that, think most people, that's the case. I think, yeah, I think generally law enforcement tends to spend their resources going after bad guys. Right, not right. Well, so point being, if, they're, if everybody has naked selfies, then almost right. nobody then has nobody naked has selfies. Then nobody has So we should all take so naked selfies start naked and put them selfies. on the internet, yeah. and then it would be a non-issue. <laughs> 
done. <laughs> Here, you know what? I'll tell you what. You don't even have to selfie. I'll just get you guys right. No, <laughs> Let's start with you, DC. This podcast just got so weird. Get naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's a point to that, though. And also, you, there is less shame than there was 10, 20, 30, 40 years yeah, ago, you there's. know? Yeah. When I, when I was growing up, it was so different. Yeah. Then when I was like, for example, a 10 or a 15 year old, yeah. then a 15 year old today, holy oh, yeah. shit, oh, yeah. the stuff they have at their fingertips oh, my God. and what isn't shocking to them anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, kids today are different, mm-hmm. very different right. from the way we grew up. And I think a lot of, a lot of generations say that, and it's always true it to some true. extent, yeah. but not to this extent. But digital, the internet, the internet changed everything. Yes. To a degree yeah. that yeah. nothing ever has so quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and that's fine. I mean, I don't know. Do you do you ever do you ever think about making films for YouTube or or, or some other? You know, it's it's interesting. We uh, we were actually having this conversation not terribly long ago, in that uh, what the future of the industry is going to look like, and where we're all going to find a place in it, if we're going to find a place, in it, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I genuinely I'm don't know. Absolutely open to it. I'm, I mean, yeah. if, if movies are that, if that's the next. Well, there's YouTube Red now. There's YouTube Red. So absolutely. I mean, movies, shows, we're happy to... We want to be entertainers and uh, tell stories that we feel like are worth telling. So whatever platform could allot our stories to reach an audience... Do you you think your guys' storytelling... I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you think your guys' storytelling prowess or interests or whatever the words might be is better suited to films or to television? It seems to me films at the moment. It's because yeah. you've made two. Well, I see definitely films. I would I'm, say I'm actually yeah. as a as a writer. I'm actually pretty interested in the long form. So personally, in a perfect world, I would love to have a TV show. Oh really? So yeah, because I grew up. Some of my favorite forms of, of entertainment are long form TV shows and comic books. Yeah. So I'm a big comic book uh, fan. So I like that um, system of storytelling. I mm-hmm. like the long form having enough time to tell a, a story slowly and to develop it bit by bit and to really delve into the characters and do the world building. I really like that. So and and I also love film. I definitely have an appreciation for film. And since I've become a um, feature screenwriter I've really only worked in film mm-hmm. so I would love the opportunity to hopefully um, be able to develop to work both muscles right. and, and to develop I, to, to do both I was mentioning either. Quentin Tarantino or we were talking about Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. before imagine if Pulp Fiction was a TV show yeah right I mean, well it's just Kill Bill practically was that's true yeah uh, well, that's true. He, he has had uh, Kill Bill 1 is not my opinion, not a good film. <laughs> I oh, don't yeah. like it not at all. Not a fan of Kill Bill 1? No, I, I almost left the theater. Is that right? There are good parts of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I still think he's a great writer. I just think it's derivative and silly. Yeah. Like it when is... there's blood spraying up everywhere out of it. You know, just it's some shit. It's porn. It got a little too silly for my taste, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it didn't... This is kind of an example of like, what is this film about? Right. I remember I had a teacher, because uh, when Kill Bill came out, I was in film school. 
um, I was just wrapping up film school and a, a teacher of my, a professor of my hated it and called it an orgy of meaningless violence. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But, uh, but on the other hand, I love the scene of Uma Thurman when her legs don't work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the whole scene where they're bringing dudes in to have sex with people who are <laughs> yeah. in comas. Like, <laughs> that. I mean, that we, super weird. It's a g brilliant scene. Yeah. And then she's trying to get her feet to work in the truck and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, brilliant scenes. She's talking awesome. herself into being right. able to move it. Yeah. And yeah. one of the cool Aesthetic-Cam shots ever done is in that film. Um, it, you, it's so crazy you don't even know it's Aesthetic-Cam Is it the... Is it, it, I'm not. I'm thinking of. There's a crane shot where she walks into the club toward the end. That's pretty amazing. Does she go to the bathroom? She, yeah. That's the one. Is oh, that steady, steady cam? cam? Yeah. You're kidding. There's a steady cam up on a. Because at some well, point he that starts goes, on a crane. He steps um, off. Yeah. Right. Then he gets onto. Then he's walking. Yeah. Then he gets oh, onto right. a, a rig that they that. built. And it lifts him up off the ground. You're right. I forgot about that. And takes him above the bathroom stall. And then she's leaving. And he, I, if memory serves, he. He, he's let down into the bathroom stall. This yes. is Larry McConkie, by the way. Yeah. Follows her out. They have removed the other crane yeah. because it was in shot on the way out. Oh, my God. And then they he brings her back in, and then they bring the other crane in that he then steps on, and they lift him up as she comes up the thing. I, it, I had no idea. I'm probably that. giving you a poor description no, of the no, shot. No, no, no. I remember the shot. Yeah, I, I, maybe it's at the been time a long I, time since I saw it. Maybe at the time I assumed uh, digital merges between crane shots and a steady right. cam. But why, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. If you were ever interested on the Steadicam forum. Uh -huh. uh, Dot com the the Larry himself who's yeah. one of the best operators ever um, did that shot wild in China um, they mm. they shot the the whole thing in China but um, he gives a very uh, elegant description of how he did that shot and wow. others yeah, yeah. it's pretty interesting That's pretty wild. interesting that anyway wild. he's the guy by the way I don't know if you know he did the coke Copacabana shot in Goodfellas and oh yeah uh, oh yeah yeah and then the Brian De Palma stuff uh, so with with the off horizon stuff so he's only the most way, famous city um, cam operator had had, had like a really famous one shot one take yep. at the end yep. yeah so he's, he's I don't uh, he's the most famous working one probably right um you know Garrett Garrett Brown who invented Steadicam is for Kubrick or uh, oh he did The Shining okay Garrett mm -hmm. yeah um, but Garrett doesn't doesn't operate anymore okay. so he just he's just a brilliant inventor yeah yeah that's all i'd say so yeah i'd say so <laughs> you should see his new products holy shit we talked about a bunch of them on the on the i had them on yeah um pretty impressive it's wild um anyway um yeah you you were gonna say something before and i completely cut you off and that was like f 10 oh, minutes no, ago. that's okay it's all good who yeah. has that kind of attention span? i know i know anymore <laughs> well it's it, oh we're, we're you know we're talking you about where the future of the industry Goes, oh, yeah. you know where the future uh, and uh you know it's interesting the, the the one of the questions is what will future generations uh where will they get their stories from you know what i mean because uh our generation and you know the generation before us we had film and we had tv and we had you know before that they had radio mm -hmm. but the 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 options were pretty limited and now radio's back and now radio's Big back time. here we are um, but you know the, the kids. I, there was that really interesting uh, article. It was in one of the trades, and I, I forget which one. But it was the really interesting article where somebody interviewed studio heads and uh, content creators. You know, J.J. Abrams was here, and all, all these things, talking about where is the industry headed. And uh, several people talked about how their young kids just watch five-minute videos on YouTube of people just hanging out. 
That's that's their people just like them. People just like them just hanging out. That's right. where their entertainment comes from. Mm-hmm. Now, will they develop an interest in story? Will they start looking for long form storytelling? Will they gravitate toward television or movies like we all did? Because we all grew up, you know, in the seventies and eighties and nineties and things like that where it was, you know, it was movies. We it had was all storytelling. I mean, we yeah. developed a uh, a hardwired appreciation for it because that was our entertainment. That was of our entertainment. Our youth. Yeah. But now, but if you grow up on YouTube, if you grow up now, exactly, that may not be. What's going to interest you? In Maybe they'll finally fit years. us all for holodecks and and yeah. uh, and we, we can star in our own stories. Uh, well, and that's Maybe true. That's to say nothing of video games either. Well, video games and also reality TV has done a lot to shape this generation. Every nobody wants to tell stories anymore. Everybody wants to star in their own, and that's what social media has given people the opportunity to do. Yeah, you can be you your know, own become, star. Be your own star. Yeah, yeah. So it's anyway. So where does that leave us? That I, part I, I, scares the shit out. I know, yeah, right? I know. So I know. Uh, but if, if but you think your, about it, that's what social media is. Yeah. Everyone is the star of their own reality show. Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing. That's not. That's not all true. Mm-hmm. Some of these people are very talented. It's true. For yes, example, some, some people on Twitter might be great joke writers. Oh yeah. You know? Oh no. People I've, have gotten jobs, plenty absolutely. of jobs off of social media. Absolutely. I think I mean Instagram when I say that. <laughs> the Instagram stars. The don't Instagram stars. Stars, you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, like there are. Not all of them. Some I, I, I'm pretty sure there's, again, I don't social media very much, but I'm sure there's valuable, you know, stuff on Instagram, recipes, you know, moms sharing tips and stuff like that, you know, yoga, I don't know. But there's also tons and tons and tons of channels of just some girl taking pictures of her ass. And it's just picture <laughs> well, there's after a just lot of ass everything. shot after ass <laughs> yeah. shot. And no, no, there's like, a lot of everything. Some people call it YouTube University, you know? Yeah. If you want to fi- f- figure mm-hmm. out how to fix this fan when it breaks, go on YouTube. YouTube oh, yeah. is You want to figure out how to fix it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I love YouTube, YouTube is tutorials. like the encyclopedia <laughs> yeah. I mean, of the next generation. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, if you want to learn what the Nazis are up to, you're right on <laughs> That's it. That's true. You know, you got <laughs> plenty of them. Instagram but, fascinates me. But what I was going to say is this is what's interesting. Well, part of what what's interesting to me, I did a job uh, six eight months ago or something um, for a YouTube hmm. girl, mm-hmm. and there was a director there, but she essentially directed an it. influencer, right? right? Those that that's what they're called influencers. No, she's not an influencer. She has a channel on YouTube oh, wow. with like twenty one million followers. Okay, Whoa. her name is Liza. Yeah. Okay, um, is she? Well, aren't those called influencers? Just no, those are people that I don't know. post like wearing some shoes and then the sales of the shoes go up okay so, so so then everybody wants them to wear they can their shit influence sales right. she writes and creates her own comedy oh, bits and okay okay and whatever oh i yeah. see so she's got a show yeah on, she on has YouTube. her own channel where she releases content i don't know i don't I know if you call it a show yeah. but yes it's a show essentially but it's I think that's it's highly actually, produced, obviously, because they're calling you into. Well, well, this was a, I think, a, her biggest thing ever. But yeah. I mean, they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, Jeez. and and um, out of her pocket, <laughs> and and the producer, no, the DP told me he's like, oh, the producer told me because Lyft was a corporate sponsor, Beats mm-hmm. headphones was a corporate sponsor, wow, and then um, well, she's got a shit, huge there was audience. A, there yeah. was a third one. And he said, yeah, so the deal is she pays for it. They're the corporate sponsor. They pay her X amount of money. She makes money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they pay her a million. She spends 400000 whatever the numbers are. I think are. that actually I don't know might the, and, be the future of entertainment. Well, that's my point. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is, the cream rises to the top because this girl was so talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And such a... Uh, 
just so talented in so many ways. I was so impressed by her. And I was like, God, she seems like a 40-year-old director that I've worked on a TV show with. Like, she knew how... She got it. Yeah. She so got it. Yeah. The whole thing is very savvy. Every single minute of it. Yeah. And um, she's 21. Wow. Mm. Or 22 or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, anyway, I, I was just Good so impressed. Her. But yeah, and someday I'm like, she'll be huge. Yeah. I mean, she's huge. That's the sick part. She's worth she's like $20 million dollars or something yeah. according to the internet. Jeez. Already. Unbelievable. So, and look, you mentioned video games before. A kid won $3 million playing yeah. Fortnite. Yes. Mm-hmm. 16-year-old kid. Fourth place got, I think, 800 or 900 grand. <laughs> you that's know? insane. Uh, well, that's a job, though. I mean, that it is, is, it that is, is a job. job. More, yeah. Second more place successful got, at his job than most people are in their life. Yeah. Second yeah. place is a 22-year-old kid who got $1.3 million. Unreal. And they said, how do you feel? He said, I feel great for representing the old guys in this thing. How old was he? 22. <laughs> you know, they're the new athletes. Fourth place is like 13. Oh, my yeah. God. You know? It's not about the Olympics anymore. It's about Fortnite. They're the well, new athletes well, of this generation. A, right. And what's a game, right? Exactly. It has right, rules. Right. You compete. It takes skill. Yeah. It takes Exactly. Practice, it's no right? different than the NBA no. now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a next generation. Who are we, us old farts? To well, say, here's the thing: if you're if you're <laughs> seven, judgment upon it. If you're seven feet tall, if you're built like Shaq, you, you have a great chance yeah. to go into the NBA, right. right? Yeah. But if you're built like I don't know, not Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if you're five eight, yeah. You know, 150 pounds. Yeah. You're not going into the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if your skill, like, you have to take advantage where you can. Like yeah. all this stuff opens up everybody's possibilities yeah. a lot more Absolutely. it also opens up the horrible shit oh yeah mm-hmm. but, but you, you take the good with the bad i guess it's a new frontier yeah I, and i think you know we talk about it a lot uh with our colleagues and various filmmakers because we're all wondering what it, i feel like we're on the precipice right now of the industry having a major revolutionary level overhaul we're just not quite sure what that's going to look like or yeah. where it's going to land. These kids are definitely on the cutting edge, mm-hmm. and uh, films as an institution is not. It is an old art form. You know, it's over 100 years old now. Mm-hmm. That's not that old. Yes, but. <laughs> yeah, to but these films, kids, are gonna, films are going to exist. You think they'll endure? Of course. It's more about the. It's more about adding other stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, where are you going to see a film? Yeah. And I, I, number one, I think the theater experience, hopefully, will always be viable. I hope so. Yeah. Um, you know, I still have a, I still have a thing. I mean, I get popcorn every time I go. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Even if I go to see a movie three times a week, I get popcorn. <laughs> yeah. It's just something. It's like you part of it. the it's great experience. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 like it, you're missing something if you don't have that because one comes with the others, like milk and cookies. Right. But but at <laughs> home, but at home, I don't. But I don't eat popcorn. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, once in a while I do, but it's sure. not like every time I watch a movie or something, I have to have popcorn, yeah. you know? It's just a, it's an experience. Yeah. It's an, it, it's you know. It's weird. The theater, movie theaters used to, used to be like the way we treat Broadway shows now. You dress yeah. up to go to the theater. It was a big deal. And then that became commonplace and, and, and became so widely available to the masses. And now it's actually turning back a little bit whereas it's becoming more of a little bit of a special occasion mm-hmm. again and mo- there used to be a lot more live theater and broadway going right yeah. exactly because that I was a bigger thing yeah. pre pre-tv and yeah. i wonder if 
theaters 50 years from now, if movie theaters 50 years from now would be like Broadway today, and only the biggest event movies play there, it's a special occasion. Uh, because that's already happening a little bit now. How many movies do we know now that didn't play in theaters? Whereas when I was in high school, if a movie didn't play in a theater, I don't think I heard of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are no of straight to straight yeah. to video. Only like the crappiest movies are straight to video, yeah. and there's no like digital mm-hmm. platform. Yeah. But now already, only a very select few movies select uh, play in theaters every year compared to how many movies are actually made and available. Yeah, so it's actually I, a big bummer to me because I think we're there, going that way. There's there's so many comic book movies constantly it's just like yeah you know and 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 being me who's not into that right like it's great for people who are taking up all of the screen space yeah Yeah, Yeah. you know i mean look i'm people made fun of me because i geeked out with colin about paul thomas anderson Mm -hmm. yeah and i love his movie so much you know and they don't make much money yeah they put kind of break even. This mm-hmm. is part of why he has trouble with studios. I yeah. think he gets final cut. I think you know mm-hmm. all this stuff, and like he's an auteur, and yeah, he's a real, real, real filmmaker. Yeah. You know, and he's making these really intense movies yeah. that I fucking love. I'm deadly afraid of the day I can't go see one in yeah. the theater. In the theater, I think that you know? day might yeah. be coming. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know. Um, I feel like as long as our that? as long as our generation is still going to movies, there will we will demand them. There will still be movies in theaters. I think so. I think the question is the next generation, the, the generation whether after or not they will they have they the start. same attachment. Well, what keeps we them open? That's the I was going to say. That's what the fucked up part is. There's so many. The like the reason the theaters are open is has in in part because of Marvel. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Or DC or whatever, you know. And by the way, I do think Joker looks great. It does. It does. It looks fantastic. It does. I could really, I, I mean, DC has, has recently, uh, has really fucked up Justice League, but <laughs> I do appreciate what they're doing with the Joker, which is just a one-off. Well, what Jeff told me about this one, what did he call it? He called it a mix between falling down and... Shit, I forget the other reference. You had me you at me? falling down, though. Me too. That's what I <laughs> yeah, said. I love Joel Schumacher. You had me at falling down. That's what I... Oh, yeah, Joel Schumacher. That's right. Mm-hmm. When's the last time Joel Schumacher made a movie? I don't know. Oh, um, God. What was it? Phone Booth. Well, Trespass. Trespass was the last one With I Nicole remember. Kidman and, and Nick Nicolas Cage. Cage. What? When was that? I don't think that played in theaters. I, I think that went direct-to-video. Maybe. Ooh. With two big stars, too. And that was maybe nine years ago. I don't know. I, I love. I was going to say Nick Cage isn't a big star, but uh, not anymore. Nine years but nine ago years ago, he was. He was yeah. Joel Joel catches so much unfair flack for really? the Batman movies, I think, and he's he's an amazing mm. filmmaker. But it's just he's that some good movies. It's yeah. unfair that he is only remembered for the Batman mm-hmm. movies because that's not him any more than any of the like. You I'll know. be honest. I forgot he'd made uh, Falling Down. Oh yeah. 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 I totally totally slipped my mind. Um. Yeah, he made something else that I really liked though, and I can't think of the name of it. But uh, Flatliners, um, yeah, time, time to Kill, The Client. Jeez, uh, you you're a fan. I am a fan of Joel. He's one of the reasons I'm I pursued directing. And you know what? I like a Time to Kill a lot. Yeah, I I was a big fan of that book. And yeah, um, you're not an apologist. You're a defender. I am, I am a defender. I'm not an apologist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I right. couldn't possibly be a fan of the opera. I did not care for that. Uh, 
phone yeah phantom of the opera phone booth we, that you was said, not you his said best. phone booth yeah he made that movie in florida was it travolta and shark uh, shark no f uh Ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, he made a movie down there, what, like when I was in the business, probably in 1999 or something. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I can't think of it. Post, I don't have IMDb. Post-Batman, yeah. like his first post-Batman movies. Yeah, unless my are... unless my memory's failing me, which it could be, but <laughs> I, I, I think it was him, but anyway. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I think... Uh, we didn't even talk about some stuff, but I think we can kind of wrap it up. Because yeah. I, I was going to ask you about... Oh. I was going to ask you about David Boyd and... I love I love David Boyd. You know, I worked on the West Wing a little. Is that right? Uh, which you did, I know. I, I was... I mean, I was a PA. It was my first I was, job. I was a PA. It was one of, it was a job, my, one of my first jobs in LA, too. Is that right? Really? Yeah, I took you it. two's paths never crossed, though? That's, I don't... No, I don't <laughs> think... Because I wasn't... I, was, I did second unit. Okay. I worked for I worked for John Wells. I was in his office. Oh, okay. So I would not have... I didn't spend much time down uh, there. Oh, there is gotcha. a story you must must share. What's with the about with how the, you murdered all of John Wells's fish? The biggest you're going to make me producer, tell that? The biggest television producer of the time, and you murdered all of his expensive fish. I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. You don't have to tell him. After, no, no, it's oh. fine. It's funny. It's okay. Fine. No, no. I, uh, it, uh, it's just, it's the best John Wells John, story. John Wells I, I, is, I said, as a matter of fact, it's such a good story that if you ever started your own production company, it should be called Fish Killer Productions. Oh, no, that's awful. <laughs> just John, to memorialize that John, event. John Wells, uh, when, I, when I worked for him, uh, ER, when I started working for John, ER was in its... 11th season and the West Wing was in its fifth season I believe and he was also doing Third Watch post Tommy Schlamme this was I think Tommy Schlamme's last season maybe I don't recall exactly but you know either way uh, you know John Wells uh, mega producer Wonderful guy. I always really liked him. Really respected him. At the time, him. the highest paid guy in television. Um, I, I, yeah, I believe yeah. he's directed a couple of cool movies too. And he, has, he has, yeah. Has company, yeah. company man is great. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, I really liked him. Really respected him. But I was a PA in his office, and uh, uh, you know, doing usual PA duties that you do. And uh, office PA, office going PA, going to get coffee, going to get coffee. Right. You know, How old were you? And, uh, I was twenty two. I was a kid, and. Um, old enough to know better than to do this but uh but anyway so on a on a friday night uh john john had a fish tank in his office filled with these like beautiful exotic fish uh-huh. and on a friday night uh i was we were supposed to unplug the light from his tank so that it just wouldn't automatically turn on in his office and just uh-huh. burn up electricity or whatever um so i i was put in charge of this by his assistant hey when you leave unplug the light from john's fish tank um I left on a run and I put another colleague of mine in charge and I said, hey, you know, unplug uh, the unplug John's fish tank. And I said, unplug John's fish tank. And they unplugged the And fish they unplugged tank. the filter. And so on Monday morning I come in the and there's a guy who there's a guy who comes in every Monday morning to check on the tank, clean it up and I'll feed the fish. Uh, and he goes up and uh, So they wouldn't get fed all weekend? Uh apparently not. Okay. Apparently apparently not. not. That's a good yeah. I never thought about that. That's a good mm. point. Um but uh so the guy the guy comes in and well, I, that guy I, I quietly to... left and never told anybody yeah, the yeah, weekend exactly. guy. I was like, I'm not gonna take the fall for this. So I so I you know, the guy comes in, I'd used to, I was used to seeing him every Monday morning, comes in, Hey, how are you? Whatever, goes upstairs, does his thing. Comes, oh, and you hadn't been in the office. I hadn't yet. been in the office yet. Right. I just came back, I was downstairs getting the morning stuff ready. Uh and he comes back down and he goes, Hey, um all the fish are dead and I you know your heart stops because you're like wait a second you're talking about 
thousands of dollars worth of these exotic yeah, fish really that nice are yeah, I was like, beautiful. Yeah, like twenty thousand worth of fish. It's a beautiful giant tank, you know, those things. And mm-hmm. I'm, this I'm, isn't like a fish take. This is a fish take. <laughs> the guy, you know? the guy mm-hmm. just and I and I was like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah the, the somebody unplugged the filter. The fish are all dead. They're all floating. And I just, oh shit, you know, you, your life flashes before your eyes. You think I'm gonna be blacklisted, never work in this industry again. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, uh, luckily nobody nobody slapped me silly. But um, yeah, I I avoided John for a couple of days after that. What did the assistant say something to you? I don't recall. I was I just did remember. Did you go and say I'm so sorry? I, no, I was ad- I was advised. Don't. I was advised by my supervisor. Don't go talk to John. Does, I'll did, take care of it. Did okay. John ever um, know it was you? I don't know if he ever knew well, specifically that it was me. Hope he doesn't listen to this. And stay I, all the way to the end. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know that he ever specifically fish knew that it was murderer. me. But yeah, but they 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 brought in new fish and they you know, whatever. But they they told him. They said all of your fish that you had I had for a couple for like a uh, couple he of years. He wasn't attached to any. I hope of he wasn't them. attached. Had named either. any of them? Yeah, I'm sure he had names. They were mm-hmm. beautiful fish, and they're all dead. So anyway, so you know, fine. they probably told him, "Look, it was an accident. We don't know what happened. Like a, a, maybe the cleaning staff accidentally knocked the plug electricity out, shorted maybe. out. You know, it happens." Well, and again, you know, John, I, my experience with John was uh, he was always a lovely guy. So I'm sure that uh, yeah. at no point was he ready to you know murder me and bury me in the warner brothers yeah but i have three lawn. cats and if at any point i went away for the weekend and came back <laughs> oh my cats were dead i would you would kill someone. that you would kill yeah. whoever did it yeah so. <laughs> yeah it was yeah so well, well i guess we'll end on that story that i murdered john well Wells's we can fish. almost end on that story just one quick question yeah, were course. you in austin for friday night Lights? i was i worked on the fourth and fifth season of friday night lights and uh david boyd was still there right david boyd no he um uh, he had left after the third season, but he came in to direct a few episodes. Okay, and that was where I met him. I was a huge fan of his because I, I loved the visual style on the show. I was a big fan of Firefly, which he was also DP oh. on. And uh, I, I worked with him for for a few years. He's great. Before he kind of retired from shooting, he cracked me up because I I remember I even uh, worked with Joss with him. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, did you work on Firefly or no? I did Agents of Shield. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah, that's and, cool. and we had the same A camera operator from. Uh, uh, from Firefly. That's so funny. I was B-steady. But anyway, sorry. Continue. No, no. Yeah. It's, I, I've talked about David a lot on this show. I love I'm him. I'm such a big fan. Well, yeah. he, he cracked me up because I... Uh, I, I met him in the kitchen in our little kitchenette in our production office before he was in prep for his episode. Oh yeah, and I and I just said you know hey I'm a huge fan. I figured you know the DP whatever from the show probably doesn't get a lot of people saying hey I, great work on the show. So right. I I thought I would take it upon myself. So I went up I complimented the show. I said I love you know I love the visual style. I I had never seen anything that looked quite like Friday Night Lights, and uh, and he said thanks thanks. He said I I was trying not to get the job. And I, I said, what? And he goes, yeah, no, I just, I appreciate that you like it. I just, I went in and I told them all the things that I thought would get me fired. And instead they just loved them. They loved every it, crazy idea I threw their way. So they, the, the, so and they it became me. the style of the show. And it became the visual yeah. style it's, of the show. This is a very common theme with David. <laughs> if you ask him how he got moved up to DP, he'll tell you a story about going to a meeting in a torn uh, tank top and and torn jean shorts and flip flops right. with no pen because they he did a pilot as the operator yeah the producer called him and said hey we got picked up he said oh great he said we, we want you to shoot it so and so is not going to do it we want you to shoot it he right. said no, no no I don't think oh at least come to the meeting so he comes to the meeting dressed, dressed like, like a hobo and they're like <laughs> you got the job <laughs> and then the uh, same thing about getting in the ASCs like you know I I I tried to avoid him as much as I could, and yeah. just got him more interested. You know? <laughs> like, 
he tells the he's way got he the tells system it is wired. great. Yeah, the way he tells the stories is oh. great. I wonder. I I still want to have him on here. He's being very, he's been very coy. Yeah. I, I, I the chances of me getting him on here are are very slim, unfortunately. I, I, even I hope, though I consider him a friend. I hope he does it. He should do it. I don't think he will. I'm calling him out right now. I, do, I don't. He needs think, to. He needs to come. Yeah. And I, be on this podcast. I Why wouldn't think he do he it? Will. Why do you think that? You know, people have their own reasons. Okay. I don't know. I is won't. He sh- is, is, is he I like, won't speak for him. Uh, I he mean, is not, not a, a shy. Camera shy. He, he is okay. not a shy guy. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> he's he's. Uh, you were on set with him when he was. Did he do his clapping thing then and stuff like? Oh goodness, I don't. They'll remember. do a rehearsal and he'll. He'll be like, "All right, everybody, good job. All right, let's do it." Like, I don't remember. He's just, and he looks like the dude. He's just, anyway, yeah, he does look like the dude. I've talked to all these stories before. Everybody that's my regular listeners gonna be like, "Oh my god, he's talking about David, David Boyd. Boyd again." I he he cracks me up. By he's one of my favorite people I've ever worked with in the business. Yeah, and unfortunately, I didn't connect with him until the last couple years of him shooting. But we had a great little run there. Right. That's fantastic. <laughs> but no, um, he also told me a story. Since you did Friday Night Lights, I'll tell you this one. They were doing the pilot. And going in, in the prep to the pilot, he kept saying, oh, sorry, wait. He didn't shoot the pilot, did he? I'm not sure. He shot the first episode on. Okay. <clears throat> or second, whatever. Right. First episode, first year, whatever the you pilot, want to call yeah. it. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, he talks about telling them in prep we need a third camera. Yeah. No, 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 no. You can't have a third camera. He's like, we need a third camera. He's trying to convince the producer every which way. Right. He tells the assistants, just uh, book an operator, get a camera from the rental house, you know. Definitely have one. We're going to have it. I'm going to convince him. <laughs> Keeps telling him, telling him, no, 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 no. So, it, like, day before, they're like, absolutely not. It's a two-camera show. He doesn't tell the assistant. <laughs> so the operator and the camera show up on day one, and they're like, what the fuck? And he's like, well, we may as well use him. He's here. You know, there was a miscommunication right. somewhere. <laughs> I don't, so I don't know st- what happened. Yeah. They start shooting with three cameras, and they're like, fuck, we're moving so fast. Oh, this is awesome. Let's keep him. Let's keep him for the run of the series. That's, That's amazing. That's his story. Again, yeah. he tells the most fantastical stories about... <laughs> I was like, get, get doing Pete Berg exactly in here. what is supposed to get and, you fired. Yeah, exactly. And you know, constantly like yeah. he's just I talked to who was it, Andrew Rollins about this and he was saying, Yeah, that's like the charm of these people. They know how to they know how to tell you the best story ever and they tell somebody else the best story ever. And these stories are not necessarily true. Right. Maybe There's no harm. It's in it's in it's in it's in harmony with getting the job done. Right. You Maybe know? that's why he doesn't want to come on here and tell a story on record. That's yeah, yeah maybe. It's, it's better it's better anecdotally. <laughs> yeah. We are, we're here talking about the legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've 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 never seen somebody uh be so influential mm-hmm. in weird ways mm-hmm. and um Josh and I were actually talking about this how he'll have a great idea mm-hmm. and the director will say no 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 no. And then they'll talk more. And by the end of this 5, 10, or 15-minute talk, the director is offering up the idea that David originally started with. <laughs> and I don't know how he does it. He's, he, it's this special skill that some people have. I'll to, say, we need to look into his background. Was he, was he a psychology major or something <laughs> like that in college or minor, maybe? 
He's, he's playing some game. Uh, yeah. I actually don't know where he went to college. He's a bit of an enigma. Yeah. Uh, I do know that he was roommates with the guy who wrote Lawn, uh, Lawnmower Man. You're kidding. While he wrote it. You're kidding. Nope. That's funny. Interesting. How Interesting weird ra- is that? Random bit of... Weird, yeah. random trivia. That's so funny. I mean, he just knows everybody. Yeah. You know? As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I've recommended this to people. You guys like good film. Have you seen a film called Get Low? Get Low. Um. Oh, do which you one like is that? Bill, sounds, do you like Bill Murray? Yeah, it yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, all right. If it's if it's Bill Murray, and, it, say, and David you're, Boyd, you're, David Boyd shot it. All right. Yeah. It's all right. I'm in. Aaron. I think I've heard um, of it. Shit. And XDP directed it. Yeah. Um. The rest. Lucas Black is what? in it. Um. Sissy Spacek. Uh. Um. God. Who's the lead? Was this um, it's Melissa McCarthy? No. No, not that one. No, it's about a guy who plans his funeral before he dies. <laughs> Bill Murray would be perfect for that. Yeah, Bill Murray, I, I, Bill Murray, I, that, now I remember Bill Murray that, is yes. the funeral director. Oh, he'd be perfect for that too. <laughs> um, so he's encouraging this practice very much so. And it's set in like the 30s. Okay. Oh, oh. yes. Uh, yes, okay. Now I know that. I, remember the, pre- I haven't seen remember the movie. The I remember the preview. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. I'm so gonna... the first time I ever worked with David, he hired me sight unseen through a recommendation of someone else. Yeah. We didn't even talk on the phone. We left each other voicemails. Yeah. And he hired me over voicemail. <laughs> 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 and um, the first time I ever, the night before I met David for the first time, I saw Get Low. Yeah. And I was like, holy, because it's a, it's a really good film. Yeah. Um, it's very entertaining, but it's shot beautifully. Yeah. Anamorphic film. Oh, yeah. Aaron Schneider was the director, by the way. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he told me a couple things about. I won't go into it, but he told me how they shot some of the film and how tough it was. Yeah. And some of those shots in the film are, they got one take of. Mm-hmm. A, I think a lot of shots. Yeah. And I suspect, well, someone had a connection to Bill Murray, and I'm not sure who. I I think it might have been Boyd, but I don't yeah. know for sure. I feel like that's the only way you get Bill Murray. Really, is. well, somebody has to know him for somebody sure. Somebody has to know him. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't have. You don't. An you don't get that phone number. Otherwise, he's got a phone number that you call. That's how you get Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. He's got at least it's an eight hundred number. You that's, don't have to dial long true. distance. That's true. Is it really? That's very considerate yeah. of him. Have you guys seen the? We'll finish up here, but have you seen the Netflix piece the, on him? The, the, Bill, the Bill Murray, Murray experience yes. or whatever. Yes, how yes. great is it? So good. You know what I loved most about it is this whole thing is about how this guy loves Bill so much and wants to meet him and talk to him. Yeah. And then he has his chance. Yeah. And I think he realized in that moment, I, d- I don't need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's better this way. It's better this way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for him to have that realization in his own head, yeah, I was like, this guy... So you go from being like, the guy seems a little bumbly. Yeah. It's a little like seat of the pants, like kind of <laughs> yeah. filmmaking, which can be great. Which was it had its charm. It does have yeah. its charm. But for him to to do that at the end, I thought, ah, he's a real filmmaker. Yeah, he has self awareness. He knows terrific, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a terrific lesson. It was a great yeah. choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And all the stories are just the stories are priceless. Oh, anybody who hasn't seen it's got to go see. Yeah, if you're if <laughs> you're Netflix. if you're a Bill Murray fan, there's no excuse. No, not at all. Even if you're not, well, if you don't like him, then don't. If you don't it. like him, well, it's, you don't you're not going to get anything is, out of it. I but think. 
If you yeah. find him yeah. interesting, you should check it out. Well, you know, or even if, yeah, if you just... If, or even if you just kind of know who he is and you just want to see something that's just a lot of fun. Something and, that's life-affirming. Nice exactly, life-affirming. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. what I love so much is that you, yeah. you watch that and you're just like, holy shit, Bill Murray, he just Just something he that just makes lives. you feel good. He's just he, decided to be who he just has decided to be. He has, and, right. he, and he inspires everyone to live yeah. because of what it. What a way yeah. to live I your mean, life. It's so cool. It's a wonderful way to yeah. live your life. I love it's that. It's a great philosophy. I, t- I yeah I, t- I totally agree. We yeah. should all do what he does more. The rest of us will probably get arrested a lot more, but um, I think that's true. I think you you know <laughs> you, p- you put in a call to his eight hundred number and see if he'd come on the podcast. He might just show up. He might do it. You, <laughs> you know? just don't know. That's a good That's point. kind of what the uh, the documentary cheat taught us about yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. Well, the, you actually, never know when you're going to have your Bill Murray that's experience. Right. The funny part is hearing those people. Some people who like hired him to be in movies and this and that. <laughs> yeah. Who they're like, we didn't think he would. We didn't, we <laughs> really didn't know if he was going to show. show. Yeah. But then he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was never a, and he didn't show. Yeah. So I don't know why they're like, we didn't know if he's going to show up. <laughs> I'm know. like, he said he'd show. Yeah. You sent him the ticket or whatever it was. It's yeah. like, anyway, I find that funny. He's, I'm afraid but, to call Bill Mar- Murray and never get a call back. I do. You know, this guy eventually it's, got in touch with them. That's true. Uh, he, I bet he won't call back, but he just shows up at the door one day. You better be ready to record. That's that's the way the hurricane works. The hurricane. <laughs> did they use that? In the, I, don't I don't know if they, they used that or not. That's pretty good, though. I love it. Yeah. All right, we'll end on the hurricane. We'll end on the hurricane. Thank you guys so much. Thank and you good luck with so your next much. film. I, I, Thank you for having us. And uh, just one more time. We'd like to thank Josh Harrison, our brilliant, oh, yeah. wonderful cinematographer, for setting this up. He was the reason why we all know we each other. We connected with Brad, yep. Yes. And uh, please go see The Fair on November 19th. That's right. Got to gotta gotta plug that. The Fair. Gotta do that. Of course. <laughs> of course. No, and congratulations again. Like, thank you. I hope, it's, I hope it does thank gangbusters you. for you. Thank you so oh, thank much. You. Yeah. It, well... At least I it hope- makes it money back. You'll go, you'll go do another one. Exactly. Right? Oh, that's that's all I hope. You know, like yeah, I've been in the industry for twenty five years. I started as a a kid actor in China. I was gonna say. I'm yeah, like, that that's where yeah, I, yeah, I know. You what? wondered. Yeah, I was a child actor in China. Yeah. Um, not as young as you think, but uh, <laughs> like double digits. But um, double digits? No. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> What was I saying? You're oh, yeah. You've been in the You've industry been in the for a long time. Years. All of this time, you know, I don't really hope. There's there's a lot of, like, the mystique of Hollywood tells you to hope for, like, grand things and fame and fortune and a lot of money. That's not really what indie film is about to me. I just hope to make enough to be able to make the next one. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this film, uh, this weird little sci-fi homage to the Twilight Zone that we made finds his audience yeah that's cool. all i asked yeah. for yeah. well it sounds good i'm gonna check it out thank you oh thank you i hope you like it yeah i hope i do too <laughs> <laughs> uh all right thanks again but if you don't yeah. i'll never know <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for doing it guys thank, you, thank you thanks for having us Thanks again to DC and Brina for coming in and chatting with me. It was really great. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you also to Josh for setting it up. And thank you to Tiffin Steadicam for their support. And thank you to Walter Clausen FX for their support. And most importantly, thank you to my Patreon supporters. Uh, check it out, patreon.com slash walkingbackwards if you'd like to support the show and you enjoy it. And you'll get that bonus segment, Best Day, Worst Day. All right, thank you for listening, everybody. 
I'll catch you next time.